Hi, I'm Jimmy Navio. Hello, everyone. What is up? My name is Jimmy Navio, and this is another podcast, another Wednesday night podcast. This is number six now, I think. Uh, and uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about California a little bit later on because there's there's some funny shenanigans going on on this coast. Thus, the title, California. What? But uh, I got my co-host with me today, James28. We uh, do not have any guests this week. It's just going to be us two bringing up some topics. Let me adjust that real quick. Uh, discussing a few things. We might go a little deep on the Minion Masters changes that are coming since some of you out there uh, do follow Minion Masters. Probably going to talk about E3 a little bit. Uh, we have a Chief's Beef coming our way. And uh, we're just going to have a good chill time. It's, it's a little less structured this week. Uh, but we're just we got we got some things we're gonna we're gonna talk about we're gonna flesh them out we're gonna go deep so uh, I'll bring James on here in just a moment but first uh, let me see here I'm still trying to real quick a couple announcements number one uh, everyone needs to go watch Gator Pete's vod from today that shit was hilarious he did his uh, dumb shit under thirty basically. Dumb stuff under thirty. Basically, all everyone in this community commit uh, submitted stuff that was under thirty dollars on Amazon. That was like ridiculous, and then they did a giveaway based around that stuff. It was a lot of fun. Hey, professional podcast. The Sammy Cat wants to be a part of the show. That's a tail in my face. Um, we all submitted stuff. It was a lot of fun. Go check that out. Also, uh, Sammy and Tustar are still doing their month-long event. I'm still trying to get them as guests on the show. So hopefully before the month is out, we will be bringing you a podcast with Sammy and Tustar. They're just crazy busy right now with everything going on. It's a busy month for everyone. So that is still in the works. So now that that's out of the way, oh, and that's a cat butt. Let's just move along, Sam. Let's just get out of here. <laughs> just whoa okay that was bad we're gonna keep going well i'm gonna bring my uh co-host on now whoop and there he is don't forget to unmute yourself oh there you are oh, yeah. you're on I the show i am you are you are oh, here you are present how you doing man what you been up to yeah, pretty good just had my three-year anniversary with my girlfriend today. I spent time with her. What'd you do? You, uh, I want details. Come on, man. I was at her house. We watched Netflix. It was pretty nice. You watch Netflix on your anniversary? Dude, you gotta, you gotta step up your game, bro. I can't. Her her job is basically to watch her siblings, so I'm not allowed to like take her from her house. Alright, well. Man, it was good. We were watching the newest season of Supernatural because she loves that show, even though it's really, really not that great. <laughs> Why not? Come on. My uh, Lady Navio also watches that show. Uh, I'm not so, surprised. So it's, watch it. Watch it. It's not a bad show if you just want to sit down and enjoy a show. But if you're looking for something like deep, it's not for you. 
So yeah, I heard that like it's one of those shows where they just kind of ran out of ideas, so they just start doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah, like, like there, it has a problem with escalation, right? From you what, look like oh, you could yeah. use a pork Super bun. I forgot to turn those wait. off. We might have to turn off those notifications. Sorry, guys. Uh, Sam just spilled stuff on my desk, so I'm a little preoccupied. Ooh. Lady Navio, I might need a little help. <laughs> Watch your mouth. <laughs> Lady Navio, you know that there's an issue with escalation. Yeah. It, it went from, like, monster of the week type thing, which was which is always an interesting concept, to where it's like, okay, we defeated Satan, what's next? Satan Mach 2. Yeah, oh, like... Oh, what's next? They used to they used to be like super terrified whenever they encountered like a single demon, right? Mm-hmm. Or whatever. And then like later on it's like, oh yeah, we just kicked twenty demons ass. Like Holy Santa yeah, Claus. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> like so, it, it's easy to enjoy. Just don't like just don't look into the background. Ignore ignore each season as it happens. Just remember the characters and what they did. Yeah, exactly. Maybe just like take each episode for what it's worth and forget everything yeah. else that happened and just enjoy the entertainment value of it. Yeah, that, that's what I'm doing because she's seen like all the seasons like so many times. I'm just jumped in into the last one. So I'm just like, I don't know who these characters are. Oh, this See? guy was dead and now he's back. All right. See, that's something I have trouble doing in general. Uh, I, maybe maybe it's just a guy versus girl thing. I don't know. I have a hard time rewatching anything. Uh, Lady Navio can rewatch stuff over and over and over again. Like she, I think she's seen The Office like at least 20, 20 times all the way. I, I have friends like that, yeah. Uh, I could probably now. use a few towels. He spilled my entire drink. Yes. Uh, probably a couple. Actually, I don't think it went on the floor. All right, professionals. My cat just literally spilled my whole blue cup on my desk. So. We're cleaning that up right now. I hope it wasn't a good drink. It was. He probably wasted like four dollars. Oh no! (laughs) One expensive drop. Yeah. He wanted my attention, and he got it. But yeah, she she just walked down here and told me she's literally watching The Office again right now. So Mm -hmm. speak of the devil. So I'm gonna let you take the lead for a minute, James. And oh. Okay. I want you to go ahead and explain what is going on in the world of Minion Masters. Oh, all right. Let and me... I'm going to pull up that that yeah, link in just a that. second. But Just so I can remember everything. For those who don't know, Minion Masters is the, the game that got me into streaming, and that's how I met James. Um, and there is a lot of really crazy, somewhat controversial, some good, some bad changes. And they've done they, – they shoot themselves in the foot, I feel like. Because they they keep changing the game and like alienating half of their community. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's gonna be too bad. Like some other sweeping changes that's happened, but I don't know. I feel like some people will leave. Yeah, but definitely not the people that are that are complaining the most. Oh, really? The ones who are complaining the most? Will you think they'll stick around? Oh yeah, like they're complaining a lot, but it's like I know you. You're you're not leaving. Yeah. You just want to complain. Yeah, I... Honestly, that's why I stopped playing for a while, because I found myself complaining a little too much, so I was like, I'm just going to step away, and I'll, I'll revisit it every once in a while and see how they're doing. 
because mm-hmm. it was just wasn't I don't know expeditions is kind of what made me take a break <laughs> yeah like people talk about it and it's like ever since expeditions was released I've never touched it unless there was a reason to by way of like the locked away content like with a card or some type of content that was the only time I ever went in yeah like seasons or unlocks or things like that there was really no other reason to play the game I mean so but it it sounds like they are going to be adding quite a few things that will improve like replayability and progression and things like that like mm-hmm. season passes and and season rewards and things like that so i am excited about some of those changes do you know if they left the vod up from s- some of that stuff that they showed oh yeah definitely it's actually in the link to the reddit post i gave you i can just send you the vod link right here oh, okay yeah we might take a look at that in a second because some of that stuff was interesting like the whole star system and stuff yeah the glory system yeah so first, I'm going to pull this up. Let's go to our media view. And for those of you who are not interested in Minion Masters, sorry, but we're going to we're going to cover some of this cuz it's important to uh, some folks out there. And if you would like a free key, hit me up. I can get you one in like the next hour. Yeah. No, absolutely. Maybe we'll do some Minion Masters keys giveaways or something. Uh, okay, I'm going to blow this up here. So you guys can read it. Dev stream summary. So the I think one of the biggest changes is the battle pass. I yes. think this is like a huge necessary step to get people coming back and playing the game. So do you, do you want to just kind of break that down a little bit? Yeah. Okay. So the battle pass is essentially, it's going to be 1,500 rubies is what I think they said. Actually should be on here somewhere. It doesn't look like it. So about $10 like US. And it's essentially... You're, you buy this battle pass, it comes with the free-to-play tier, which is just like free rewards after you accrue a certain amount of XP. And the paid tier comes with new skins, more cards. There's one exclusive like new emote that you can get, which is like a devil puff. And I think that's it. Maybe gold? I know there's some ruby rewards as well, which will give you back some of the money you spent on it. But it's essentially... It works exactly like it does in Fortnite, where each Minion Master is going to have a season, and you can get those season cards and unlocks through it. And it's essentially the way Beta Dwarf is trying to monetize the game without like ha- adding pay-to-win features and stuff like that. Right. So all the content that you could get from the Battle Pass, you could otherwise accrue for free. The Battle Pass just is going to speed up the process significantly, right? Yes. Which some people are saying seems pay to win but a lot of us are like and eh, it's not really it's just more rewards if you're willing to put down the money i mean it's not unlike many other season battle pass systems mm-hmm. so i i don't think it's people already paid for premium and now they are making people pay more well making is the this a strong word there because you don't have to buy the battle pass for people like me who bought premium and I have, I'm just sitting on a ton of rubies and gold and stuff. Like, because you use rubies, right? The, you use the premium currency to buy it. Yes. So rubies has, is the like premium currency that has, uh, you know, an, an associated value conversion to, to US dollars. But 
a lot of us have just accrued a lot of rubies and don't have anything to spend them on. So in、mm. my case, I could probably buy the first couple battle passes without even spending any money. Like I、yeah. just, I'm just sitting on a bunch of rubies because I had premium. So they're not making me buy the battle pass with money.、Uh, I mean, yeah, and、uh, I actually want to check if the premium gives you rubies, because then you could just buy premium and then you get basically a free battle pass. You get some of it back, right? Depending on how much you play, probably. Yeah, the one they showed us on stream, I think it was at like tier seven. It was like you get fifty rubies back. Okay, so when you do buy the premium upgrade, you get twenty five hundred rubies, which means you could just straight up buy the season pass. So there you go.、Mm-hmm. I think it's reasonable. I mean, they have to make money. Yeah, that's what I kept telling people. It's like, look. How many ways can you actually think about monetization of the game so they can keep the servers online? Because for a lot of us that put in a lot of time and effort, we're not spending money, right? And I guess、uh, for me, what it really comes down to is like I paid for the premium because I wanted to support what I thought was a unique game that didn't exist. In the Steam marketplace, right? Like,、mm-hmm. there's no game exactly like it on Steam.、Uh, it's it's got a niche that I think is pretty cool.、Uh, I mean, people compare it to Battle Royale, but you can't buy Battle Royale on Steam, you know. So, like,、yeah. it's it, it really is a unique market that I that I I mean, I paid for premium more to support the game than to get some cosmetic items or whatever. So, like. For, the, for those who want to support it, they can. But for those who don't, I mean, you, it, it's still a reasonable amount of time to、uh, unlock things. Skins just like every game. Well, that's what it is, though, Raph. Like you can still buy skins straight up with rubies. The battle pass gives you. So if you didn't get the battle pass, you can still unlock all the same stuff, but it'll probably cost you more. The whole、hmm. point of the battle pass is to say, "Hey, if you pay for the battle pass and you put in a few hours, the rewards you're going to get back from doing that are going to be more than if you just went into the shop and paid straight up rubies for all this stuff."、Right? Yeah, like that's the incentive. The only exclusive stuff in the battle pass is going to be the two or three skins they put in it, which they said you're going to be able to buy at another time later on because they don't want it to be like one and done, like you can never get them again. And the one emo that they added. Yeah, they said they would make the exclusive skins available every once in a while, right? Like,、mm. so people who didn't get them during the season would still have a chance later on to pay for them. But they、mm. may they may be more or less expensive. Yes. So. So yeah, I mean, it, I don't know. I think I think it's reasonable.、Um, I I want them. I I don't want. Them to fail. <laughs> I want Minion Masters to continue to be able to keep the lights on and develop their game. Just because I don't agree with some of their creative decisions, I still want it to succeed.、Mm-hmm. And and I think this is a reasonable pay model、uh, that most people will probably be okay with. So I don't know. I'm okay with it. Are what what are the what are the、uh, The the new cards. Well, no. Before we get there, what are the naysayers saying about the battle pass? Is there any like counters to it that people are saying? Like, 
Mo- a lot of the counter argument to this is just about the the season cards because the way they want this to work out is there's the base set of like the 103 cards that currently exist and then they're going to add eight new season cards each season so there's the eight that are coming with this season tomorrow is when they said they're definitely planned for release like they said we're all ready to ship it it's going to come tomorrow and that's where some of the resentment has come from because some people are saying you have to buy the battle pass if you want to get the new cards like at a like at a fast pace right because you can because these new cards only come from tokens that you will get from leveling up the battle pass i see that we don't have concrete evidence like they haven't told us if you can just buy those tokens with gold okay so it's more like people are upset about something that's not even for sure yet <laughs> like they're just yeah. speculating on like yeah and it's because you can you can still craft the the new cards, but they're gonna cost you three times as many shards. Okay. So if you want the new legendary, it's gonna cost you six thousand shards instead of the two thousand. I see. Hmm. Mm. I don't like they made pretty much every card uncraftable, and they are removing shards. That's what Wrath says. What, mm. what do you see? Because th- it's not that they're uncraftable; it's that in this new in the new system when you open a new token if you have a, if you get a duplicate card it immediately gets turned into shards and glory glory will just upgrade whatever card that was and then shards you'll just now have to keep like accruing that way you can't salvage you can't hit the salvage button and just like get straight shards off. yeah so you still get those shards just immediately after you open the token yeah you still get shards uh they just now you, you your cards are upgradable. When you get duplicates, it upgrades your card, and then it also gives you some shards. Mm-hmm. And then you can still use shards to craft cards, right? The like the ones you don't have. Yes. So that that system's not going away. They're just kind of tweaking it and streamlining it. Like it, I mean, which makes sense, I guess, because it, it always felt kind of weird that it's like, oh, you got a duplicate, now you have to go salvage it, now you get the shards, like it. It was an extra step that shouldn't exist, because like, like for example, a good a good example of uh, of this is Quake Champions. In Quake Champions, when you get a duplicate item, it just straight up says like duplicate, and then it gives you however many uh, currency, yeah. currency instead of instead of sticking it in your inventory and then you have to go salvage it to get the. Because there's really other than like people who wanted to have like as a joke, like there were people who had like. You know, a hundred scrap pack cards. Like it's useless. Like once you have three, there's no reason to have more other than other than to say, look, I, I collected a hundred of these cards. Like mm-hmm. there's and no. That's what some people were saying. Yeah, like some people were like, I collected them to collect them, and it's like, but there's no reason to. Right, they were useless. It was more just like a trophy, like dick measuring contest, right? Like look at all my scrap packs. Like it was more of a meme than anything else. There was no, there was no use for it. It was just an extra step for no reason. So all they did was streamline that and say, hey, if you get a duplicate, we're just going to give you the currency because there's no point to have more than three of anything. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense to me. I have no problem with that. Whether I, It sounds like, do, are they going to give you less shards since now it, part of it goes to upgrading the card? Is there? I don't think... What we saw on the dev stream, they were getting about 15 shards, and I don't know if that's more or less. Okay. Because like since I have a pretty large collection i just stopped buying 
tokens because I don't really need duplicates of the legendaries and I already had three of each each other card. So it's been a while since I've seen how many you get per like disenchant. I think it's still like it was like 400 or 500 for a legendary and then it scales down to like five for a common. So here's my only legitimate beef with any of these changes. Mm -hmm. Hold on, let me do that. Damn it. All right. My only legitimate beef with these changes is that if they're going to implement this pay model and structure and like you pay for seasons and stuff, it's time to make the game free to play. I know you're in early access and whatnot, but like... Don't you still have to pay for it? I mean, yeah, you can get a free key from a friend or whatever, but if someone just goes to Steam right now and wants to get Minion Masters, they have to pay for it, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think it's cool. I don't like having to pay for a game and then pay for seasons. Like, mm-hmm. that, seasons that, kind that, of a dick move. That, that feels shitty to me. Like, I don't like games. Like, I never liked a game where it's like, oh, you have to pay for this game. Oh, you want cosmetics? You have to pay for those too. Like, if we implement one or the other, you know what I mean? Like, Path of Exile, perfect example of like, this game's completely free. Oh, you want cosmetics or extra tabs? Pay for them. Like, that's fine. But if Path of Exile was 20 bucks and then on top of that, they were like, oh, you have to pay for cosmetics. If you want these features that are kind of needed to play at like this highest level, kind of feels bad i think this is the point like it's gonna feel real shitty if they implement these changes and they keep the price tag on the game for me personally (laughs) i i don't agree with that now that they have a way to like every season monetize and start like you know trying to get people to the incentive to pay for the seasons and stuff i don't know i it feels dirty to me to say hey buy this game in early access and then mm. on top of that, pay for seasons. Yeah, and they actually they are aiming to like leave early access this year, which is I think why they are like rushing some kind of stuff like this because they just want to get it out and see what works. Like, what are people like? What do people like about this system, and what don't we like? Right. Because there is a lot of behind the scenes. There's a lot of behind the scenes stuff going on at Beta Dwarf that we've been hearing about that they can't directly tell us because of NDA. But something that Sasha Banks found by like snooping around in the Denmark press was that Beta Dwarf actually received this massive cash injection from the government. So there's like all this news and stuff that's going on, like about what is the future for MM, and it's like throwing out, like throwing off a lot of people, and like what, like what is going to happen? Yeah, I heard about all that. Um, I heard about the uh, the. Um... The government, whatever. I thought they announced that because I remember seeing that. Yeah, it's a it's a lot of people spread around that that article, but Beta Dwarf themselves have said, "Oh, we're under NDA, so we can't really talk about what is explicitly happening. Just know that we're hiring more interns, we're doing this and that, but we can't tell you like stuff that's t- super concrete yet." Okay, so they've got money, so they're they're um, trying to. Get get shit done and and make moves, mm-hmm. which is awesome. But I mean, as a software developer, all I have to say is like, don't go too fast. Mm-hmm. Still got that, that like is something everyone has a, a general consensus on. It's like Betadorf. When you try to do something too quickly, you end up like expeditions. 
Yeah, exactly. You do something, you change it, it's somehow worse, and now you change it to this, and everyone's just like, it's better than what it was before. Yeah. No, you gotta, we, I mean... <sighs> that, that would leave a very, very sour taste in my mouth. That's all I'm gonna say. If they if they rush these changes and they ki- they still keep charging money for the game in early access while they're charging money for season passes or battle passes or whatever you want to call them and they keep being super hush hush about all the stuff that's going on. By the way, did anyone crack the code on uh those hints he dropped? He said something about a dance pad and a device or Oh, I know what you're saying. I have no idea. Because he was saying they just made a deal with something about, like, a device or something. I, like, it sounded, I, I thought it was something hinting at maybe, like, VR. VR or, like, Nintendo Switch or something. Mm-hmm. Like, it, there was definitely some hints dropped about something. Yeah, because we know that they're port, that they're putting it on Xbox as well. Right. But when they drop that, everyone's like, what does this mean? Right. I mean, I think it would be a perfect game for the Switch. Mm-hmm. Because of just the touch screen and, like, I, I don't know. I just I think it would be a great platform for uh, Minion Masters. So that would be super interesting. Oh, I lost my background music. I'm still trying to salvage my desk, so sorry about the uh, awkwardness. Yeah, so no let's go down to the cards. So explain some of these new cards and explain to me why they suck. Okay, well, with this new season, they decided to add this mechanic that I'm just going to call Last Played, because that's how the mechanic works. All, most of these cards, I think it... Let's see, I can actually just count one, two, three, four. So four of these cards have that Last Played mechanic, where it's essentially... If you fulfill the condition, like if you look at Cannibal Swarmers, if the last card you played was a 3-mana spell, those that card gains an effect. So in that case, they gain Rage and Frenzy, which is actually insane on Swarmers. We did the math. If you activate if you activate Cannibal Swarmers, they're the cheapest the cheapest cost for the highest DPS currently in the game. Yeah, but it requires you to play that 3-mana spell. And something right. that a lot of people were kind of confused about was, what do you mean by last card played? It it literally means after you play that specific card, the next one has to be that one. Yeah, it it ha- they have to be played sequentially for it to trigger. Yes, the but, next mechanic they oh. Go. What blew me away about that was the question that you asked because I was actually there for that part. You were like, wait, so like. Last played, but there will be like maybe a 10 second or 20 second or 30. Like there will be like a a time limit on that, like five seconds or whatever. And they're like, no, literally like you could play that card and then wait as long as you want. And then as long as the next card is whatever. It'll activate. Yes. It'll activate. That seemed kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. And then the next mechanic they added, which is only on one card, is turncoat, which is at it will switch sides of who owns it after it drops to 50% health, which I find pretty interesting because you get a discounted minion, but after it takes some damage, it comes at you, which I liked. Maybe they'll do something more with that in the future. But the reason a lot of us are saying that the last played mechanic is bad is that you're not really getting a whole lot with the mechanic itself. 
of those cards, we really only think people are going to play with Cannibal Swarmers and the Dragon Ball, just because they're cheap. That's essentially it. They're cheap. Right. And the effects are kind of good. We pretty much think everyone is going to run Cannibal Swarmers if you run Daggerfall, because that's just the best one out of these. Because for two mana, even without activating the effect, you still play Swarmers, you just get one less, and it still fulfills almost every... It accomplishes the same thing as the normal Swarmers in almost every use case. Whereas okay. all these other ones, if you play it without it being active, it's a loss every time. Yeah, it's not worth it. Yes. It really just comes down to a question of worth. Like, when you do the math, is it worth it to even try and do this? Because not only do you add the... Uh, I mean, it adds complexity. When you're already trying to like do the math of how much mana and getting your cards in the right... like order and you know countering whatever your enemy's doing in real time you know oh do i i gotta black hole that i gotta do this so like now on top of that you gotta be like whoa shit what was the last card i played and so there's there's also the mental cost not not just like the actual card cost but the mental cost of having to like keep track of one more thing while you're playing right luckily it's not that bad because the if the card effect is active they glow with the orange border yeah but it's not that bad for you i'm but i'm talking about for like idiots like me or new players who are like oh shit like i forgot like Mm -hmm. you know they'll put that in their deck with good intentions and then they'll literally never trigger the event because they just don't pay enough attention yeah you know and then the other gripe we had with was it it adds like a forced combo that now your opponent can always expect because oh true it's predictable because once they see that card they can just say oh okay I, i can counter that yeah, so in the case of the seven mana card, which is the it summons an incubus and a succubus, it's a seven mana it's a seven mana seven mana minion card, and it's only triggered and it it's triggered by a five mana spell card, and there's only three of those in the game. So you know if you see that spell card being played, you know this is coming out at seven mana. Right. And then if you're triggering it off of the Dragon Ball, which is also a combo card then now you basically can map out what this guy's next two cards are going to be because you know, okay, he just played a three-mana minion, now he's going to play the five-mana spell, and now he's going to play the seven-mana minion, and you can just like know exactly what they're going to play, which a lot of people, and, and I agree, makes it really predictable on everyone that runs those cards because now you know exactly what their hand is and what they're going to do. Okay, you ready for my million-dollar idea? Yes. I, I always like to throw my own ideas out there. I just had an idea. Instead of making them sequential, make them recipes. So basically, you can you, you can have some fancy fun like names for the recipes or whatever and have little icons across the bottom and different cards could be part of different... Because what they're trying to do is like create combos, essentially. Yes. But... It seems confusing to me. It seems it would be easier just to say, okay, um, these cards are can be used to make this recipe, but you also need one of these cards to. So, like, you could basically say, like, it would it would basically like. So, if three cards have the same icon at the bottom of them or whatever, you would know. Okay, I can I can play those two or three or however, it, it, or just make them two card recipes. So, if I play these two cards. That'll make this recipe that'll cause this extra effect, right? Mm-hmm. 
That might be a little, because then it's not quite as predictable, because multiple cards could be a part of multiple recipes. So that would at least kind of mix it up a little bit. Rather than doing this, like, played after thing, you could play them in either order, but it would still have kind of the same effect. Yeah, I I see what you mean. Yeah, because just, like, so far with a lot of these, we're just, like, the effect, it's not strong enough for what you're doing. Because a lot of a lot of people are looking at them like it's only like it's a cheap five mana spell, but you have to remember you have to combo it, which means it's not a five mana spell; it's twelve mana. Because for some reason, a lot of them were like cost total of twelve, which I was like, oh, is that going to be all of them? Like they're all going to add up to twelve? But then the swarmers came out, which is five cost. Yeah. <sighs> we'll see. Hmm. And then the last bit of criticism that came out was I'm going to go by Gobe. He he basically said for the next tourney on this Saturday, he said all of these cards are legal. They're not going to be banned like usual because the sponsor wants them to be played. So we were all like, okay, Beta Dwarf wants us to play with the cards so they can like actually see people use them. But then a bunch of other people said, oh, so the next tourney is going to be pay to win because if you don't like put down oh, money for the tokens... On you're not going to get them in time. Yeah, you can't get them. Because right now we're thinking that the two mana swarmers and the two new legendaries are going to be pretty busted. And that's the one that people are going to want. And since they're legendaries and it's going to cost you 6,000 shards to craft, it's not going to be cheap. Yeah, no. If, if it's a short-term like tournament thing... That's not that's not cool. Only the people who can pay for the pass are going to be able to farm them fast enough for the tournament. Mm-hmm. So if they're going to ma- if they're going to release a change like this that close to a tournament, they should just give you guys all I mean they they can generate redeemable keys like yes. They could just give you guys keys for those cards and say, "Hey, we're going to give you these cards since you're active in the community, you're playing in the tournament. Here's the key f- to unlock these cards so you can use them in the tournament." Mm-hmm. Cuz uh, yeah, otherwise I I don't agree with that decision at all. It, that's not that's not reasonable. Yeah, and the the kind of kind of argument I had of that was if you play in the tournaments, a lot of us like it's a very it's only like two players that are pretty new that probably won't get the cards because I know everyone else is sitting on like forty thousand plus shards and like hundreds of thousands of gold. Yeah, so it won't be hard for those guys. Yeah, but that's got to feel shitty for the new guy. I mean, the whole mm-hmm. point the whole point of all it. I, we don't need to appeal to the people who are going to be here. We need to appeal to new players. Mm-hmm. So you can't, like, yeah, everyone else will earn them, but we should be concerned for those two or three pay- players because mm-hmm. they have friends that probably aren't playing the game yet or haven't heard of it. Or, like, you know, if they have a bad experience in their first tournament because they literally didn't have enough time to farm the cards, it's, it's going to cause animosity. It's going to leave a bitter taste in their mouth, and they're going to say, fuck this game. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the new players that we should be concerned about if we want the yeah. game to grow. Especially since the last tourney was pushed back to this one, so I'm gonna, so I'm thinking that some people aren't gonna enter just because they won't have these cards. Right. Yeah, and that's absolutely the wrong. I mean, you want as many people participating in as many events as possible, and mm-hmm. you're alienating new players by doing that, just because your sponsor says we want to see the new cards in action. Hmm. There's got to be a better way. Either give everyone those cards if you want to see them, or tell your sponsors, sorry, man, you're going to have to wait till the next tournament because that's a dick move. Yeah, because I, I know Gobe, 
like directly answers to Betadorf who is giving him the money for these tournaments. But it's like you can still run the tournament without money if that's like what you need to do. You gotta stand up for yourself. That's a problem with money in general. That's a problem with the software industry in general. I'm gonna soapbox a little bit and say like any company that's ever taken VC money is just like a puppet. Like Hi. <laughs> I'm fortunate enough to work for a small software company that's never taken sponsored money or venture capital money or anything like that. My CEO makes every decision he wants to make for what's best for the company and for his employees. As soon mm -hmm. as you start accepting sponsorships or venture capital or government, you know, funding or whatever, you're not calling the shots anymore. You're just, you're a puppet. So like this tournament's a perfect example. There there's probably plenty of people within the company who don't think it's a good idea, but guess what? Money talks. They don't get to make those decisions anymore because they took the money. So it is what it is. That's that's how it goes. And hope, but hopefully they don't let the money make too many decisions because they're going to continue to alienate new players if they do. Yeah, because I know I know Gobe. He's been doing this for free for like months now, and I think he's happy that he can actually give the players this prize pool. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like. This this specific case is probably gonna sour some people's taste. Oh yeah, for sure. Just you telling me about it, I didn't know that. And now that's kind of I'm already like, nah, it sucks. So let's move on to something a little more exciting, and then uh, we'll move away from Minion Masters for those of you who don't give a shit about any of this. Uh, but I did want to discuss it. But let's look at skins. So we got uh, a few. Skins are not nice. I clicked on these links. So Lightbringer. What am I what what am I looking at here? Well, it is a rare if I remember. Yeah, so it's a rare. So it's not like super fancy, but it does give him basically Oh, I see like the feather swooshes rare. and stuff. Yeah. His mask he, looks different. His bow looks bigger. Yeah, so like more aesthetic stuff. He looks like a cooler Stormbringer. Yeah. Okay. And then we got this is the I know a lot of people saw this one in the uh when they were streaming and they were like, oh shit, Molten Apep. Like everyone yeah, was Molten Apep was the one people like died over. Yeah. They're like, this is the skin I want to buy. It does look pretty badass. I like how you can see like the glowing through the scales. That's really, that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They have a little bit of lore and it, 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 it is Supreme, which is like, it's going to cost more, but a lot of the other ones are just simple recolors, which I, which is why people were like, this one's amazing. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. I like it. Because when they are mostly recolors, you're just like, it doesn't really do a whole lot for me. Yeah. Some of the recolors are definitely better than others, but uh, yeah, it, recolors are always just like, they feel cheap. They just feel like a quick, like, we yeah, made like it. We, yeah, we made Yeah, we made it green instead of purple. Like, cool, I guess. Uh Oh, he's got a big ass, like, axe looking thing. Yeah, World Cleaver Volco, also Supreme, going to be expensive. But yeah, this is a larger visual update one. I don't know, honestly, if for my personal opinion, I don't think he looks different enough to be Supreme. Other than like having a darker body and that big-ass axe. Eh, maybe yeah, if he I, had some big I flaming don't... horns on his head or something. Like, There's got to be a little more to me, for me to, to pull the trigger. The Apep one... I will buy it. That's completely, like, top to bottom, like, badass. Looks way different. People are going to see that and go, oh, shit, that's Molten Apep. Mm -hmm. This one is not quite enough, in my opinion, to be a Supreme. Yeah. 
I'm not sure if they're going to make some changes because I know when they first showed it, all they had was the axe. Okay. So they might make more changes to Volko's like main body itself. But yeah, the axe itself is probably not worth it. Maybe like in that in that orange glowing chest part, if there was literally like a burning heart or something. Like I don't know. There's oh, got to be something like unique, a little more unique about it. For mm-hmm. I, I probably I'll probably get the if I have enough uh, resources, I'd probably get the Apep one. But not I don't think I would get this Volko one unless they made some. Ooh, see now this is kind of cool. Yes, infested setsu. That That's one's a, entirely like redone. Yeah, it's like it looks like a like a exactly infested like a zergling. It looks mm. like a marine that got infested by a zergling. Yeah, that's what everyone said. Yeah, they're like, "Oh, Starcraft skin, nice." Yeah, exactly. That's what it feels like, and that's not a bad thing because it, it, it feels different. It doesn't feel yeah, like Setsu. Yeah, and it still looks like Setsu, so it shouldn't be like too like, "Oh, wait, is this a new master?" Like, no, it's still it's still Setsu. Nah, usually, uh, that's the thing. I think I think. Beta Dwarf could take more liberties. I think they worry about people confusing things. Because that's why, I, from the beginning, I pitched them that they should skin all of the minions. I was like, dude, if you had minion skins, I'd buy the shit out of those. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think that would be super cool. But they're like, no, because that would cause, like, player confusion, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, they won't be clarity. able to tell what units they are, clarity. And I and I, I always say bullshit on that because there's plenty of games who skin stuff that, like, clarity's not a problem because of the stance, the silhouette, the way they move. Like subconsciously clarity is only a problem if you like completely change like if if all you're doing is recoloring your scrats to be like bright red or like i don't know i i think you could do like minion skinning w- without having clarity problems mm-hmm. maybe not bright red because rage exists but well, I that's see true but like i mean in league of legends some of those skins are like drastically different but the way yeah. the characters move their color their size their silhouette like silhouettes a big one as long as the silhouettes match and they move the same like most people are going to be able to recognize what it is mm-hmm. yeah like even in starcraft they had unit reskins right you still knew what the unit was exactly so like when i first started playing and they brought up skins like a year ago i was like oh that'd be badass if i could have like skinned minions and they're like no we're just gonna skin the the masters and i was like uh that's dumb. <laughs> like I, I didn't like. It. I, I wish they would have. Like I don't know. I wish they would have gone all the way and skinned everything. But mm-hmm. anyway, something I thought about just to give it like more variety was like instead of just having a full skin, just like give it headgear, body, and then the weapon, which kind of doesn't work for like someone like Apep who doesn't have a weapon. But I was like, you can recolor the tongue. Or, or no, you could you could make his tail like dude like he could have a like just his tail be different than his body or, and yeah. I th- yeah I did have that idea too like take an Overwatch approach, or not is it uh, which one is the one where you can uh, uh sorry Paladins is it Paladins yep. where you can swap yep. out like Paladins uh like individual pieces of gear, okay then it might be Paladins I, I know think- Battle Right you can only swap the weapon and then the skin, but still that'd be cool like if I could do the infested setsu but like with a different gun or uh yeah mm-hmm. i don't know that'd be cool Could, like, and then it gives people more things to buy because then they can mix and match and then it's right. not like oh i just bought the newest skin and i think molten apep is only gonna be available in the season pass but it's like the first reward you get yes yeah, so he's got the rattle on his tail so like it'd be cool if you could do like molten apep but with like the green rattle i don't know just mm-hmm. to like make it that way it feels more unique. It feels like yours. 
Because mm-hmm. with Molten Apep, it's just going to be, oh, I bought the season pass. Right. And now it's mine. Yeah. Still a great skin, though. I'm pro- probably only going to use that skin from like now on. Yeah. No, it's a good skin for sure. So that's that's pretty much the extent of the changes, right? You're going to have the battle passes during seasons. There's the two new mechanics for cards that we'll see how those pan out. <laughs> it I is think- funny because some people have been saying, oh, since the cards are really bad this set, people aren't going to think that the battle passes pay to win. Oh, like they intentionally made these cards shitty so people don't feel left out? Maybe. I don't think they did that on purpose. I just think they thought the effect was more powerful than it was. Because yeah. they, they added a blink spell, and we were all like, okay, that's that's broken. Being What's able the to, blink spell do? It's the... Uh, I forget. It, it's right above the, the last one. I forget what it's called. It is... Oh, it wasn't right above the last one. It is... Nether Step. It's three mana, and it teleports friendly minions... 10 units directly towards the enemy master. Oh, wow. And we were like, okay, this is broken because now you can blink your units like right past bridges. You can blink your faster units past slower ones. Yeah, no, that's really hard to balance too. Like Dragoon, mm-hmm. like in StarCraft, blink mechanics have always been a pain in the ass. They've always been an issue to balance because if someone's really good at blink, they're unkillable or there's just like... It's, Unstoppable. Yeah, you just can't... It's that's that's strong as fuck for three mana. Mm-hmm. We're, I was thinking they should definitely like increase the cost because it's just it's straight utility and it's really strong. Because the idea I had for it was, you can get a, if you get Cleaver onto face, Nether Step becomes the most efficient damage spell in the game because each time you blink your Cleaver, it resets his attack immediately. Oh, Holy wow. so Santa Claus! for three hundred, you blink him another three hundred, blink him again. It's it works kind of like black hole except you don't have to wait the the six seconds each time. It's just yeah. immediate damage. Huh? And you know what I was thinking? It's also one of the most efficient counters to uh, like fireball. Oh, like, to like blink a minion. Well, rather than using a black hole, you could yeah. just blink forward. Not only do you miss the fireball, but you're now closer to the enemy too. Like. Mm. It, it's a very efficient, just like, oh, you're going to fire... Like, you can just anticipate a fireball and just bloop, move everything out of the way. Same with, like, any of the any of the AoE spells. Like, if they're going to if they're gonna beam your Colossus, you just blink him forward. Like, you don't have to black hole now. You just, like... Is there is there a delay on the blink? It looked pretty much instant. Yeah, that, just like... There was, a, there was a, a kind of small AoE about the size of Combustion... And then maybe like half a second to a second before it actually blinks them forward. If it's as, if it's that strong, I would I would probably just completely replace black hole in my deck with blink, mm-hmm. and I would use it as a a more powerful black hole spell. Mm-hmm. Personally, like that would be my 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 utility for it. Yeah, you could use it for pushes and resets, but for me personally, I'd just say, oh, I'll just move out of the way of spells and move fat, you know, get to the enemy quicker. I'm doing two mm-hmm. things at once at that point. Yeah, especially if you have a faster minion and you blink it past a slower one, you just can ignore like their tanks. Well, and that's going to be a bitch to balance with... Uh, like It it completely nullifies um, Call to Arms builds. Yeah, because we were just like, you can blink your minions. like. Right yeah, you can buildings. just like 
blink right past the buildings or onto the build. Like you know, like if you if you do a big push and they they throw up a wall, you just blink past it and like hit face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me and Vango, we were just like, okay, so when so tomorrow, double setsu, double rammer, blink, pretty much unstoppable. Because even if they play walls, you can blink the rammers past walls. Yep. And like you said, oh, if they try to beam it, you can blink it out of the beam. Yeah. Especially considering with uh, with wild cards. I mean, if <laughs> you just it have like two v two, you can you get at, like you have six blinks in your deck, and you can just spawn a cleaver at your spawn and just like blink, 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 and now he's face. Like if you coordinate with your partner, you could literally just like throw a unit across the map instantly. Because mm-hmm. because the ten units, it's the same range as a rat bow. So with 30 units, that's pretty much your bridge to their face. Yeah. So like three or four blinks and you're just like all the way across the map. Yeah, at that point, it's just getting, it's just learning that timing. Like, okay, it's going to blink here. So as soon as I blink it, I need to move my mouse there, blink it again and do it again. That's crazy. Yeah, that shit's going to get nerfed. That shit should cost like six mana or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's uh, that one's gonna be it's, hard. It's just too good of a utility spell. Yeah, it, and, and it'll break a lot of other playstyles. Yeah, because there's there's a reason movement is just so powerful. Movement is yeah, the, <laughs> exactly. That's why any anything that affects movement in any game, like it's one of the hardest things to balance. Period. There's a reason that. Flash is the number one summoner spell that's always taken in League of Legends mm-hmm. because movement is the most valuable thing in the game. Like just being able to jump over a wall or get out of the way or, you know, get away from a stun or like whatever it is. Like movement is king. And so to say that you can move 10 units with three mana is just like, yeah, that's. We'll see. I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to try to get this card, and then if the tourney goes through, play it at the tourney just so you can basically see how broken it's going to be. Yeah. All right. Well, I think uh, I think we covered our bases on the Minion Master's changes. Mm-hmm. Now, is Sheaf around? I thought I saw Sheaf pop in. Oh, he, yeah, he, he did. He dropped a host a minute ago. Should we do some Sheaf's beef? We should. If he's here, I think we should get into it. Um, let me go ahead and do one thing, though. I need to uh, disable audio on these notifications. I didn't mean to leave that on. Sorry about that, guys. Um, so, Mashiv said that he rushed this beef, so it's probably not going to be as uh, as polished as previous ones, but he, he did sound fairly excited about the topics that he's going to be bringing us. I already have it downloaded, um, so we'll get yep, into same. it in just a second once I uh, adjust these notifications that I accidentally left on. I was cutting it close tonight. I didn't have as much time to prep as I usually do, so there we go. That's fixed, so let's go ahead and turn off my browser. We'll put up my Sheaf's Beef logo while I load up the video. That capture was broken on the two-person view, so I had to fix it. (laughs) Oh, okay. All right. I will start back at zero, and we'll do one, two, three, go, okay? Yep. 
One, two, three, go. Welcome everyone to another episode of Chiefs Beef. We're down here at JTR HNBR Network Studio Complex. Let's bring it to the ring with Mashif for the beef. <laughs> Welcome everyone to the ring. Oh, I'm, Mashif. I'm your host bringing you the beef. Today we got two big ones. We're going to hit right into it. First beef. Sleep. Sleep is the no. first beef. <laughs> what? I possibly could sleep. Something I get a lot right now, but not usually. Uh, I can never get enough of it. It's never the right amount. It's either too much or too little. It's driving me crazy. You're probably like me, probably up late playing video games. You have to get up early. Boom, not enough sleep. You're dragging ass all day, chugging rock stars and coffee, just trying to keep going. Or on the flip side, it's your day off, and you finally get a chance to sleep in. But you get too much sleep. Now you're groggy and foggy all day. It's never the right amount. You can't just be done. I got my sleep. I'm good. I woke up with exactly the right amount of sleep. Never happens. That's why sleep. You're in the ring for the first beef. Second beef. Is that we so have <laughs> trending yeah, I'm not sure. video. Now, why trending video? <gasps> trending Let's video. start with YouTube. We're just going to pick on YouTube today. But trending video is a scam. It's a fucking scam. Okay. So here we have uh, the trending page for me. It may be different for you because Google's uh, weird algorithm that they have on YouTube. But the first video may legitimately be trending. I don't think it is because I don't think people really care about a Dumbo movie that much. But there's 2.9 million views in 17 hours. The next one may be a legitimate trend. 1.1 million views 43 minutes ago. That seems pretty hot. But then it gets a little weird when we come down to the end. Everything wrong with Ratatouille. I love Cinema Sins. They're a great show. But 1.5 million views a day ago? Now it's getting kind of weird. 789,000 views in one day? I kind of feel like stuff blows up a little faster than that. Oh yeah, and I think I kind of glanced over this. Emily Dow, I have no interest in, in what's in your bag or what you bought in <laughs> Japan. Who are you? I, She's a creator on, on the rise, this isn't someone that I would ever consider watching. As you go down, it gets more and more suspect until we get to the bottom. The further down you get, the weirder it starts getting. It's Just Water Weight by Kevin Hart. Laugh Out Loud Network. 290,000 views two days ago? Then you got Sean Mendez, who has 4.5 million views two days ago. Let's see why this would be considered trending or why this is hot. Remember, it's got less than a... It's got barely half a million views. It's not even there. Now it's time for some tips. Oh, wait. I think we found a little secret there. I think they show it for just a split second. Boom, right there. YouTube original. So YouTube's trying to pretend like this is trending. This is what people want to see. This is hot. But it's not. It's just a YouTube original that they're pushing to the top. Okay? Trending sucks. It used to be where you'd find viral videos, but you don't find them anymore. It's just ads... I'm sure people are paying to get on the top of trending. The subscription bar is something else that's starting to get messed up. And it's it's getting old. Okay, YouTube, can you knock the, the shit off? Facebook does the same garbage. That's why those are our two beefs of the week. So, Jimmy, James, contestants, chat, contestants, there's a prize. <laughs> I want to hear what you guys have to say about this beef. Okay, which is the beefiest? Sleep because you never get enough or you get too damn much or trending video which is just garbage and it's a lie i want to hear what you guys have to say go ahead and let me know and at the very end i'm going to let you know which is the right answer because there's a right one let's get to the beef
All right, paused it. 3.58. Yep. So. Pretty spicy topics. Spicy. Too bad he's not here. Usually he's talking shit in chat. Is anyone out there in chat? Or, or uh, we got we everyone in lurk mode today? Because I definitely have awesome. opinions about both of these. Um, sleep. Uh, let's see. I agree. Too much, too little. I no, I agree, but I disagree because I differ from this significantly with Lady Navio. She loves sleep. She looks forward to it. She likes being. It's a ritual for her. She likes laying in bed. You know, she's chill. Looks to the day when she can sleep in and just kind of lay in bed, watch a show, lazy mornings, stuff like that. She's not mm. a lazy person at all. She's one of the hardest working people I know, but she very much values sleep and the ritual surrounding sleep. Me, on the other hand, I hate sleep. If I never had to sleep, I would never sleep. I feel like Preach. it's a waste of time when Preach. there's like a hundred other things I'd rather be doing. Like I have a list of things. I want to get my YouTube channel going. I literally don't have enough time with work and uh, streaming and spending time with Lady Navio and other projects. Like I just, I don't have enough time to do everything I want to do. And for me, sleep just gets in the way. And mm -hmm. so I definitely agree with him there to an extent. The part about not getting enough or getting too much, I personally cannot agree with because I know what my optimal sleep is. I my optimal sleep is like six hours. And uh, not everybody has the same optimal sleep, but everybody does have an optimal sleep. And there are sleep studies you can do. Uh, you know, there's apps on your phone that can track when you're like your cycles, when you're coming in and out of REM sleep and help you wake up, fall asleep and wake up within those cycles. There's a lot of studies. There's a lot of research. There are ways to get better sleep. So as far as not like the quality of sleep, there are solutions for that. I my I use my Fitbit to track track my sleep cycles and I also try and stay like my sleep cycles are like an hour 40 to an hour like an hour 30 hour 40. Mm -hmm. So like that's why for me 6 hours is perfect. If I sleep for 8 hours, it's like in the middle of a cycle for me. Either 6 or 7 and a half. If I go like 8 like for whatever reason if I wake up outside of a cycle, I just feel tired. And I, some people say that's mumbo jumbo, but like maybe it's placebo. I don't know. But if I get a solid six hours, I wake up feeling super refreshed. So as far I, 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 that's where I disagree with him. I agree in the sense that I hate sleep and I wish I didn't have to do it, but I have to do it. So I have found ways to try and optimize my sleep. Mm -hmm. I have to, I agree like so much with that, that sleep is a waste of time. Because I remember I watched an anime and they were just and at one point it's a guy from a different dimension. He's like, if you look at this object that exists in four dimensions, you will never have to sleep. And I was like, can I get that in real life? <laughs> because an extra eight to ten hours like added every day, you could do so much with that. Right. Like it's so crazy. much time. And then with getting too much sleep, I get that all the time. Because my sleep schedule is pretty erratic. I usually fall asleep anywhere between midnight to 2 a.m. But I can't wake up like before noon. And if I try to, I always fall asleep. But I always wake up tired. Yeah. Like I just wake up like, why am I awake? Like I slept for 12 hours. Why am I still tired? Yeah. Just I 
crazy thing. If I tracked it like you, I'd probably get higher quality sleep, but it's just, it doesn't work out. Yeah, like if I'm going to take a nap, anything less than or more than like an hour and a half, I might as well not do it. Mm-hmm. Like if I if I take an hour and a half nap, then I'll wake up just like boom, ready to go. It won't last as long as is as if I sleep like six hours. But I know that it, like I can lay down, set an alarm for an hour and a half, and I'll jump right up. Mm-hmm. If I don't set an alarm and I sleep for two hours, I'll wake up feeling like shit. So like I don't know. Maybe give it a try. Maybe maybe look into like finding out. I think the average is somewhere between like an hour, an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. I, I've read similar studies, so it's it's something to try. So I yes, I, I agree to an extent that like sleep is bullshit, and I wish I didn't have to do it. But as far as getting quality sleep, there there are ways to improve the quality of sleep. Mm-hmm. Like I won't even nap because I'm like, if I nap, that's a waste of time. Yeah. So I'll like fight the like the afternoon drowsiness. Like, no, I'm not going to sleep right now. That's why we're all going to die of heart attacks when we're like <laughs> 50. Yep. But uh, okay, so the next one, I want you to chime in first because you are a YouTuber more than myself. For those who don't know, James has a somewhat successful YouTube channel. He's got 80,000 uh, subscribers and he puts out content on a regular basis. He's been doing YouTube, didn't you say, for like seven years? Yeah. Since you were like twelve years old, yeah, that's insane. Crazy. So yeah, I want I want your opinion on on how like because I know trending has been shit for a while, and now that the the latest controversy is now the the uh, the sub paid like your subscriber paid are starting to fuck with that too, right? Yeah, because it's like you upload a video, and YouTube basically said, "Well, we know that people like not everyone that your sub, you know, it was." Look, we know everyone that subs to you isn't going to watch everything you put out. So that proportion of people, we're just not going to send them the video. And I've seen this a lot because there was a, a Rainbow Six YouTuber I watched who made qu- made past tense, who makes good quality Rainbow Six content that I like watching. But YouTube knows that I'm not really interested in his other content. So I didn't even know that he was putting out Far Cry 5 content and this other game until I went to his channel myself and he had like all these other videos and I was like, oh, when was that happening? So the way you have to do it now is you have to go onto each person you're subscribed to, hit the notification bell to enable it, and then you have to click it again to open up an options list to say receive all videos, not receive most. Which and, brings and, me to the, the second oh, no, Go ahead, sorry. Which about trending where a lot I think a lot of people in the back of their minds kind of knew that trending was more of a if you pay money you'll get trending type deal which let's call a spade a spade and do I like the reason I like Twitter is because it's transparent about that stuff I don't know if anyone knows this but you can do what's called promoting or sponsoring a tweet. If you put out a tweet, you can click the little analytics button and you can say promote tweet. And then basically for every for every like uh view or click or whatever that you get, you it, they they basically put you at the top of a lot of sections or whatever, but you pay for the views and clicks and stuff that you get from that. 
but but it, everybody knows about it. It's it's a very well known thing. The the thing that bugs me about trending is the word trending, mm-hmm. because trending implies, like Mashif pointed out in the video, trending implies that it's something that people ha- are interested in. Uh, you know that that people are that sharing with their friends that it's getting lots of views in a short amount of time. That's what a trend is, right? Yeah, like it, it's uh, getting shared. It, a trend is when something just blows up because everyone's sharing it with each other. Don't fucking call it trending. Call it promoted content or call it uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, oh, I can't think of the word. It's gonna drive me crazy. It's the perfect word too. But I mean, call call it what it is. It's not trending because there's clearly some of them on there that got there naturally. But a lot of that content is put there by YouTube because someone probably paid someone. Mm-hmm. Like something I find way more interesting was that creator on the rice tab. Like have more of those where it's people that have been gaining this audience and growing. Because then you're like, oh, I've been looking for someone that does this type of content. Like curated. Sorry, I got to put it out before I forget it again. Call it cur- curated content. Call it, mm-hmm. you know, because it, it's not it's not naturally happening. Yeah, there, there there are hands moving those cards. Anyway, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just had to get the word out before I forgot it. Yeah, like the creators on the rising. Like that seems more organic because you know if these people are rising like in a short amount of time that means that those people are getting shared a lot between people and there might be like something you want to look at because with the trending page i i forget when it might have been sometime last year where people were posting links of why is this trending when it has like two thousand views what about that is trending and that like brought to light a lot of like that stuff about it where it's like what exactly quantifies a trending video yeah yeah, I guess for me, that's what it really ultimately comes down to for me. For a lot of this shit that goes on on the internet, I think a lot of people would be a lot less frustrated if there was some form of transparency. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem is that YouTube doesn't want to tell you how it works because then they're worried that people will game the system or that or that people will, you know... But I, honestly, if they were transparent about it, like if people knew, oh, all I have to do is do this and I can, you know, get my stuff seen more, it might actually make YouTube more money. <laughs> like, yeah. But but by them just pulling this shit and then like, oh, yeah, by the way, because like no one they, did they they never even did they announce officially that they were messing with the subscription page? I don't think officially. I just know people started noticing that, like, oh, you have to check off this box now to receive all the content. Yeah, and that's what bugs me. I that's that's one of the things I think maybe that I uh, I like more about Twitch versus YouTube because Twitch makes changes pretty often, but they're generally pretty transparent when they do that stuff. Like if they add or remove a feature from from affiliates, I get emails all the time that are like, "Hey, we're changing this about affiliates." Like they're gonna get rid of the uh, the whole uh, what whatever that section is called on your page where you can like post stuff. It's like your own little feed or whatever. Oh, like the the notification feed. Yeah, where you what, can post your own updates. Right, they're getting rid of that. Mm-hmm. But they sent Kinda out it makes sense. Yeah, I mean they they want barely see people use it. They wanted to do like their own kind of Twitter type thing where people could like promote like 
they where you could go to the main feed for all the people that you follow or whatever and it would be like curated but mm-hmm. it just never really took off and a lot of people didn't like it because if you wanted to use it 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 really cluttered up your uh your page because a lot of people yeah. like me i try and make my everything line up and look nice on my page and if i turn that on it just make it breaks everything it looks terrible yeah so i never used it because it it was just frustrating to use and it i really didn't see a lot of gain from it but my point i'm, I'm getting off track my point is whenever they add or remove something like that they're there they always send out an email saying hey in the next few months we're going to be doing this or whatever like uh they like a feature they're adding for affiliates is they're gonna they're adding uh um uh, i know i think i know what you're subscriber about. badges that's it yeah for affiliates and they're also making it so payouts happen in 45 days instead of 60 but like before they don't they didn't just make that change overnight like every time they do something they have a blog post about it they send out an email hey this is what's happening like they they very rarely just like ninja change the way something works and mm-hmm. every, you know they i feel like i feel like they're better about that stuff whether good or bad you know they they're better about communicating with their uh both their partners affiliates and the general public that uses twitch yeah transparency people it'll solve all these problems if you just tell people what the fuck's going on and why you're doing it Rather than after the fact, when people get mad, they they were like, "Oh yeah, uh, we're messing with that. Sorry." Like, "Oh, we just a- we actually changed that in the latest version, but we didn't tell anyone." Yeah, it's bullshit. So for me, I would say bigger beef is probably trending. Mm-hmm. As much as I hate sleep and I wish I could use those eight hours for something else, um, I do enjoy some aspects of it. If- yeah, I, I I like sleeping when I've had a long day. And I've been out, and I feel drained, and I'm like, I, I need to recharge. Right. And it's a good time to watch TV. <laughs> <laughs> I pretty much always fall asleep with the TV on. That's probably not healthy, but... But, yeah, so for me personally, I would say the bigger the bigger beef would be trending. Yes. See what Mashif's got to say. All right, I'm at 3.58. We'll do it on go again. One, two, three, go. Thank you, everyone, for your suggestions. Now we're going to go back to the stadium to see which is the beefiest. It's sleep. Oh, no. Obviously. Sleep. sleep. We were wrong. I can never get enough of it. Or I get too much. My body doesn't know what the fuck is going on. So that's why sleep is the sheath beef of the week. We need to help Mashif. We need more. We need too much. Why can't we figure out a way to not need sleep? That would be wonderful. Enough time to game. Enough time not to yet, do whatever you want. Sleep. You're the beef. You're the beef. So aggressive. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I guess. I guess we disagreed there. Because I, I first. I don't know. I just don't feel like. I mean, other than the fact that you you're dead for however many hours you sleep. Yeah, I, what, who, who was it they called a, some famous author or something? They called sleep the the small death or the tiny death? I think I know who you're talking about. I can't place the name. Yeah. Because, I mean, you literally, like, as far as your subconscious goes, you don't exist for a few hours, which yeah. is kind of weird to think about. But um, I've... My one of my beefs with sleep too is that I, I I rarely dream and if I do I don't remember them. 
Oh, I wish I could never remember my dreams. I but sometimes I, I wake up and I was like, "What was that? Like what?" I what haven't. Oh, Sorry, go ahead. Okay, I was just gonna say the worst is when I I start to realize that I am dreaming. I'm like, "Wait a minute, none of this is real," and then I wake up. I have those, yeah. Every once in a while, I I've been I feel like I've been having those lately. More like when I do have dreams that I remember. I often do question the reality of it. And you know, if you can control that, the next step is lucid dreaming. If you can if you can recognize I, that's always been a dream of mine was mm-hmm. to lucid dream and like uh, control your reality. Yeah, so lucid dreaming for those who don't know is essentially when you recognize that you're dreaming, but you're able to stay in the dream and control it. Be like, oh, I'm dreaming. I'm going to go fly around. And it's possible. And there's actually ways to train yourself to become a more efficient, lucid dreamer. I think the first step is to take notes. Like you have to um, – there's certain like rituals you can do before you fall asleep. And then like as soon as you wake up, you're supposed to take detailed notes on like your dreams. And then yeah, they- you, like you start to recognize like what goes on when I dream, like what stuff is happening. Yeah, and and over time, there's like certain exercises you can do to start to basically force yourself to lucid dream more often. Because I have, I, I I think I may have had like one or two lucid dreams in my life where I where I had at least a couple minutes of me knowing I was in a dream and being able to do stuff before I woke before I woke up. So mm-hmm. that appeals to me. That'd be pretty cool. That's like a superpower. Yeah, and then to, like, go through the night, and then you're just, like, you enter it, and then you're just like, whoa, I'm awake now. Yeah. (laughs) Because I think the only time I've done it, I was like, that was it? That was so short. But it's like, I slept for, like, eight hours. That's me almost every night. Like, Mm -hmm. I literally fall asleep and wake up, and, like, that those hours just didn't exist. I rarely remember my dreams or that I even dreamed or any, like, that I even went to sleep. I just, like, hit the pillow, and I wake up, and I'm just like, all right, time to go to work. Like... It's it's kind of weird. <laughs> hmm. So, I but I that being said, I did recently start watching. Uh, Lady Navio has tasked me with watching at least the first four seasons of Dexter. She insisted mm-hmm. that uh, <laughs> I have to watch the at least the first four seasons. So I, I I started watching it and I started having some crazy fucked up dreams where I'm like trying to cover up things. Like I had this dream the other night that I. Uh, I got in a car accident and it was my fault. Like I went sort like I the ground was wet. I was like driving on grass or something and I like fishtailed out and like hit a truck and then I just drove home. And then like the whole rest of my dream was me trying to cover it up. Like I had to tell all these elaborate lies and like it was this huge cover up which like if anyone who's watched Dexter especially season 2, season 2 is just like the whole season's all about like a massive cover up. Oh, and okay. so, like, my, my dreams were just all, like, shady, like, plot twist cover-up dreams because I'd been watching Dexter before I went to bed every night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting, too, where it's, like, I remember when I was younger, I was, like, if I do something before I sleep, will it show up? And then I would never remember, like, if it worked or not. It happens to me occasionally. Like uh, there's been times where I've fallen asleep with the TV on and then in my dream, me and somebody will be having a conversation, but it's someone I know. It's like my sister or my cousin or like, you know, Lady Navia or whatever. And I'll wake up and that exact conversation is like happening on the TV. Like the TV was, you know, like that I was playing out what I was hearing, but subconsciously Mm -hmm. through my own experience, you know? 
Yeah, because it's like, in reality, you're hearing this on the TV, and then your brain is interpreting that as like, oh, we're having a conversation right now. That's what's happening. Right. Probably some of the weirdest experiences I had um, were uh, when I was on my mission in Brazil, and I was like a year in, a year and a half in, where I was speaking Portuguese pretty much all the time. I would start to have dreams in Portuguese. Mm -hmm. But like... For those who speak multiple languages, there's always a point, and this happens with when I started thinking in Portuguese and dreaming in Portuguese, there's always a point where you hit a word or a phrase or something that doesn't line up with how you remember it, and then you realize there's like a there's a content shift. Like for example, I'll uh, when I was on so I would play out like a, a memory that I had. Like, you know, you just remember random, like, things from your past or whatever conversations you had. Yeah, just like five years ago, I talked to Joe Schmo about what we did. Right, but, but I'd be playing out that memory in my head in Portuguese without realizing it until I hit, like, a specific spot in that memory where I wouldn't have a word that matched the original memory. And then I'd be like, oh, shit, that memory was in English, not Portuguese. Like, like it would totally mess up my whole context of, like... <laughs> previous stuff just because like that other language was so infused in my mind at that point and so the same thing would happen with dreams where i would just like have these weird i'd wake up sometimes because like the whole first half of the dream is in portuguese and then i'd realize that we were speaking portuguese and i'd be like wait a minute that's this isn't right and then i'd wake up and be like what the fuck like hmm. <laughs> it just like tweak my brain in a really weird way oh see something something similar like that would happen to me except when i was awake because what would happen was I would like imagine a fake conversation with someone and then I wouldn't remember if I had made up the conversation or if it happened. Uh, so I'd be like, so I'd bring it up to someone and they're like, oh, you didn't tell me this. And I was like, but we talked about this earlier. Like, <laughs> no. And I was like, but I, I could have swore we talked about this. And then it, it, it's like you're gaslighting yourself. Yeah, because you're like, I know we spoke about this, but it's like, did we really speak about it? Right. Or did I make it up in my mind? Yeah. I've definitely had those experiences for sure. So, I, that was a oh, we went deep about dreams. I like that. Oh. So, Mashif, that was a great topic. Thank you for uh, the uh, the sleep one. I could I could go on about dreams and sleep, but. Uh, I do want to touch on a couple other things. Um, probably going to end a little early tonight, but I did want to bring up this article that I shared with you uh, about California. Yeah, let's let's get into this if for only a minute. I could actually do that, right? <laughs> for if, those, only I, if only I could sing. For those who don't know, uh, let me pull this back up here in the media view. This has been this has happened a few times throughout the history of our wonderful state of California, but uh, it's happening again. And this time, there's like some serious money backing it. There's like some tech million or tech billionaire who's trying to make this happen. Uh, mm -hmm. Essentially, there's a lot of assholes who think that California should be three different states, and it's gone. It's it's changed from time to time. It's been like two states. It's been, you know redistricting a lot of people are mad about the fact that most of california when you get outside of the major metro city areas a lot of california is fairly conservative yes uh there's a lot of very like small. yeah so like 
the majority of like the percentage of the population lives on the coast, right? So you've got Los Angeles, San Diego, San Francisco, San Jose, um, all these massive, massive cities with millions of people. And then you've got the, all of this other area that's mostly like agricultural, rural, uh, in the middle of the state that has very different. So it really, what it comes down to is what most larger city centers in the United States are fairly democratic. Uh, most rural areas are Republican. And so you have this weird dynamic in California where you've got a fairly large number of people in the central Valley and in, in Northern California and in pockets throughout the, that are, that are fairly right wing conservative Republican, like uh, Bakersfield, for example, is probably one of the most conservative towns uh, in California. And they have very, very differing opinions from any of the coastal cities. <laughs> so yeah. they, so throughout the years, people have said that, hey, we need like to change California. We need to redistrict it. We need to you know break it up into separate states is like the extreme. And that's exactly what's happening right now. This guy has gotten enough signatures to get this on the ballot for the November elections. He wants to create three Californian states. He wants a Northern California, which, as you can see, encompasses everything all the way from the tippy top down to Merced and San Jose. Then what? Uh, the most insulting part of this to me is that the big coastal region is just called California. Yeah, it's like, what? No, you're West <laughs> California. You don't yeah. get it just California. That you're wet. Yeah, come on. It's North, South, and oh, we're California. Because, because you know, when people say California, we're what we're, they're talking about. Yeah, it, it seems kind of like pompous. I don't know. And then you've got Southern California, which extends behind what we'll call West California. Which the southern ones is is a weird like enigma like it doesn't make sense because like this upper region right here of the Southern California is above San Francisco. Mm -hmm. It's like I, I get that that's a district line that they probably drew. Yeah, on, but it's true. Still, it's still north. It's above a part of the Northern California part. I, th I, I think they're using the county boundaries because yeah. that the I, I recognize the uh, the Kern County Fresno County Los Angeles County uh, San Francisco Sacramento like I I recognize those county boundaries I think that's what they're using so yeah if they just that but that one that one on the top there that I don't know it doesn't make sense the whole thing doesn't make sense because there's so many questions it raises like the number one that came up to me that someone w was mentioning is the debt like if you're gonna break it into three states, who's who's like who's gonna who's gonna inherit the debt? Mm -hmm. It better be fucking West California. Yeah, because because I I also know that argument about it where it's like we need to split it just because the massive wealth on the coast really skews it for everyone else in the rest of the state. Right, but it's also skewed because. There's the there's the question about value in general. Yeah. Because what like besides Hollywood and I mean, yeah, the, I guess you could say that media is an export, but that's changing every day. I mean, Hollywood doesn't have 
the corner on the entertainment industry that they used to. So what other exports, I mean, other than being on the coast, tourism is a big one, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But what, like, objective value do they produce? Where, whereas if you look at the Southern California, most of the Central Valley of this, that Southern California region provides agriculture for the entire country. The mm-hmm. amount of, like, produce that's grown in California's Central Valley is just, like, people don't realize. It's pretty astounding how much produce is produced in California so like, are they gonna? Are we gonna tax? Is is Southern California gonna tax West California for all their fucking avocados and and strawberries, <laughs> so they yeah. can have their avocado toast? Like, I I don't know. There's just there's so many unanswered questions. If if this were to ever happen, yeah, and it's funny about that too because I think a lot of people forgot how much farming goes on in California because I can literally walk like five minutes down the street. And there's a guy selling strawberries on his farm. And it's like, I'm not even in the rural part of California. There's just farms, like, everywhere. Yeah. Can I see the comments? Does it let me... (laughs) We don't need no three Californias. (laughs) Oh, I gotta see this. Uh, Good luck. Oh, yeah, good luck with new... Good luck with water rights to the new California. That was another point that someone brought up is most of the water from California comes from the north. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, good luck. Good luck, West yeah. California, providing enough water for yourself. Yeah, because, like, desalinization, that's probably not going to be enough. It, well, <laughs> even if it was enough, that shit's crazy expensive. And that, yeah. and that would take years before they would be able to do it. Mm-hmm. And then it's funny, too, because, like, People forget that California has a large forest in the north. We have beaches on the west, on the coast, lots of farmland like in the Central Valley, but then a large part of the southern part of the state is desert that relies on a lot of water from the north. Oh yeah. Yeah. This one this one I've heard this argument a couple times too, this one about the entire west coast seceding from the USA. Oh yeah. That one's funny, too. It's like, hey, we have enough agriculture and industry and everything. Washington, Oregon, and California should just break off and be their own thing or join Canada or... I don't know. It's there. It's like, no, like... We're fine just because we... Like, the whole point of having states is we're allowed to have differences of opinion than other states. Mm-hmm. Like... I don't know. This whole this whole thing is just so ridiculous. There was a comment that I, these comments have changed since I looked at it last, so I uh, I don't know if I'll be able to find the comment uh, that I was looking at before. But I don't know. I can't believe it's going to be on the ballot. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I I I voted in the midterms. It just happened. Uh, I am yeah, because in- I think the the article itself was saying that it was like seventy percent were against. So we're gonna see how it votes out. Yeah. But- yeah, but turn, likely... turnout, polling and turnout is two different things, man. Because oh yeah, definitely. The uh, unfortunately, when turnout, it, it's been statistically proven. When turnout is high, it almost always goes towards the Democratic Party. When turnout mm-hmm. is low, it always tends to end up going towards the Republican Party. And that's, uh, I mean, not to call you guys out, but guess who? Guess who's always the ones trying to do voter suppression bullshit. It's the right wing. <gasps> you can't have that kind of opinion on a podcast, Jimmy. I absolutely can because it's playing out right now across all of these midterm and primaries and all that stuff. Like, mm-hmm. because 
when the turnout's low, it goes red, period. Yeah, that's just statistics. That's pure statistics. That's not even like my opinion, man. Yeah, it's like the math shows this happens. So, yeah, I mean, polling, I'm, I don't know. I, I, I don't think this has any ground to stand on. And even if it did pass, there's no way that Congress or like it, it just it, I don't think it would happen. Even it would go to the Supreme Court. It would go. There's so many things that would have to happen after the vote, even if the vote did pass mm-hmm. for this to become a reality that I just I don't think it's realistic. Yeah, like it's not something that would take years. It would take tens of years to actually go through. I mean, you're talking about changing the American flag and shit. Like, it's not, yeah. this is not something that's going to be taken lightly by the federal government if we're just like, no, fuck it, we're three states. Like, nah, it, fun, it, fun times and we can theorize about it, but this actually happening would uh, probably not not happen. I just can't believe it's going to be on the ballot. That'll be, that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll take a picture of my ballot and Posted on IRL with my little bubble. Am I allowed to do that? Is that legal? Can I show how I voted? Probably. Because I I do the I do absentee ballot. I know you can't like take a phone in the booth and take a picture, but I do the yeah. mail. I do the at home where they mail it to you. By the way, everyone should do that. If you're if you don't vote because you're fucking lazy and you don't want to drive to a booth, re-register to vote, and there's an option on there to register as an absentee voter. They mail you your ballot. You fill it out and you mail it back and you're done. You can you can vote on in your underwear in your living room while you're watching Dexter. Yeah, it's like my friends in Vermont who are from California got their absentee ballot in Vermont and still voted. You can right. do it. And if if you do what we did and you wait till the last second, you can fill it out and walk it to the booth. If you don't mail if you don't mail it by a certain day, you have to like drive it over to the booth. So that's what there's a booth like a, a block from my apartment though, so mm. we're like, oh shit, we never voted. It's today, so we just like sat down. We already knew most of our votes, so we sat down and filled it out, and then we just like went a block down the street and turned it in and got our stickers. So yeah, that's ridiculous. Our country's being so stupid. Those Russians are just stirring all the pots. And other than that, I think the only other thing that I really wanted to touch on briefly, uh, I'm not going to beat it to death because it's already been beat to death. But there are a few things uh, for E3. Oh, yeah. That I um, am excited about. Number one, I am super stoked. I know everyone's cautiously optimistic because they literally showed zero gameplay, but I am I am ca- cautiously optimistic about uh, Cyberpunk 2077. The hype is there. Well, I think the biggest thing, the biggest reason to be excited about it is because it's CD Projekt Red. That's why. That's, that's why the hype is there. That's why. I mean, if it were if it were EA and they showed this same exact trailer, people would be like, "Okay, whatever." But like, like, oh, another another Watchdogs? Because that is what people thought that didn't know about Cyberpunk. They were like, "Oh, is this a new Watchdogs?" But CD Projekt Red has a good track record for making good quality games that don't try and gouge you price wise. That release quality DLC free uh, at that. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like. 
If it if it were any other studio besides CD Projekt Red, I would I'd probably not be so excited about it. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I don't know. I I've never played any of the Witcher games, but I've watched a lot of people play them on stream. I'm more of a sci-fi guy, so like having the quality of the Witcher Three, like what I've seen quality-wise from those titles. The same studio making a sci-fi game is extremely exciting for me. Yeah, I'm excited to see what they do with it because I don't, th- I don't know what they're like. It's based from, like I think there was like, they have a source material for it. I forget what it's from, similar to The Witcher. But if they can do the same thing with this as they did with The Witcher, it's gonna be a good game. Absolutely. That one is a good one for me. Another one that I am excited about. This one's a smaller one, but I that honestly I tend to look for like a lot of the little indie stuff coming out because mm-hmm. let's all be honest, uh, indie studios are the ones that innovate. Yeah, they have to if you want to buy their game. Exactly, they can't rely on their massive studios and teams and celebrities and shit. They have to they have to do something new and innovative. Uh, I mean, if it weren't for PUBG, now all these AAA dudes are playing catch-up trying to add Battle Royale. Like, mm-hmm. it, were, it were the smaller guys that, like, proved that people want to play those types of games. So, And it's it's funny how pe- how quickly people shift from Battle Royale to Battle Royale. Because first it was PUBG. Well, technically H1Z1, but that one's dead now. Yeah. It was PUBG. Then everyone moved to Fortnite. And now Realm Royale is out. And a large population of the Fortnite people moved to that one. I honestly will try Realm Royale because remember what I said when Fortnite came out. I said, give me a Fortnite game without building. Yeah. And so I've been actually eyeballing Realm Royale. I'm I'm, I'm taking a very wait-and-see approach, but I do see people shifting to it. So I I don't know. I might give it a try. Yeah. Even me, I was like, eh, it's high-res studios behind it. I don't know. But I've been looking at it too, and I'm like, all right, I might give it a shot. That is my main concern because everybody knows High Res Studios track record when it comes to like they'll make a good game and then they'll just completely fuck it up. Like they'll change the pay model or I mean, how many times have they changed Paladin's like currency system and pay model and loot boxes and ability system and I mean it's just like when you have something good, why why do you insist on fucking with it till no one plays it anymore? Yeah. And and so I I really hope that with Realm Royale they take a more uh thoughtful approach to <laughs> like oh cool people it's catching on people are playing it now we're going to make uh now we're going to add uh loot boxes and completely change the way loadouts work like no like fucking people are playing your game why are you doing that <laughs> Like, I think that's why people like it, too, because you get to choose a class at the beginning, right. and they have clearly defined what they do, so you can choose how you want to play. Right. And one thing they did right from the beginning, right off the bat, is they have squads. Yes. That was a, that honestly makes a huge difference, because a lot of people are intimidated to play Battle Royales by themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if you've never played it before, you're just going to get your ass handed to you for, like, two hours straight and then log off, but... If you if you can jump in your first time with a couple of friends so that you can you know lean on the experience of others it 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 definitely makes the uh barrier of entry uh easier for some people 
it's less intimidating, I feel. Anyway, uh, that was a huge tangent. But coming back to what I was saying, I, I look for a lot of the indie stuff. And this was one. I love it when they do this where, like, during E3, they're like, oh, yeah, uh, here's a game, and it's out right now. We just released it on Steam. Mm-hmm. So this was one of them. It's a platformer. One of the the thing that excites me about this game is uh, how it works. Is every time you kill, from what I understand, every time you kill a boss, rather than it giving you an upgrade, I think you get like some type of upgrades or abilities or whatever. But every time you kill a boss, it distributes that it distributes quote unquote that boss's power and energy to all the other enemies in the game. <laughs> So every time you kill a boss, everything in the game gets harder. Huh, I don't know about that. So I don't know. Action horror world where enemies get power ups and you don't. It's yeah. an interesting concept to say the least. So like it's it's pure mechanics. Like you you can't rely on like getting a good build or finding a good item or whatever. Like you just have to be good at the game. Oh, and enemies don't have, like, predictable spawns. Like, generally, most, like, roguelikes or platformers, you know, like, what enemies are going to spawn where. That doesn't... Like, enemies can literally come from anywhere. And that's why it's called... That's why they called it a horror game. That's why they put it in the horror genre. Because the enemies, mm-hmm. like... Like, right here, this dude's walking in the grass. Like, a- an enemy can just pop out of the ground and, like, hit you in the face. Yeah, the title works very well because as you keep killing these bosses, the enemies are gonna get just keep getting tougher and tougher. Exactly. So overwhelmed, like you're you're literally making the game harder by playing it. Mm-hmm. So it's a cool idea. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I, I can see it getting really popular, kind of like Risk of Rain. Yeah, I know because a, of the challenge. Yeah, the community grew up around it because it's like, how hard can you make the game and still keep going? Oh yeah, because Risk of Rain has has that whole timing mechanic. Yeah, like, I remember when I, I was playing the beta, it was like I was in a in a single run for like seventy minutes, and it's like way past where like the max difficulty was, where it's just like spooky. I can see you, and this like the bo- multiple bosses are spawning. But oh it was yeah, funny because I I got to that point because I was able to just basically bug the game by doing dodges and they could never hit me while dropping a bomb. And I was like, I want to see just how crazy this is going to get. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there is definitely a market for that, for the, for the, uh, sadistic ones among us who want to punish themselves. So that one's exciting. Uh, obviously another one that's super exciting. I don't know if it has a steam page yet, but, uh, the Ori sequel. Oh yeah, Ori too. I don't think it does. It not have a Steam page yet. It doesn't look like it. Probably not. What's? Do you remember what it's called? The actual title? Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Looks like it's coming out next year. 2019. I loved the first Ori. I mean, just the fluid gameplay. Uh. Like the charm, like I, I don't know, it, it was just so well made. Other than there was a couple water parts that uh, gave me flashbacks to the underwater uh, Ninja Turtles levels. Hmm. If it, have you ever played the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for NES? 
I might have. So but... here, I'm gonna pull it up. There, there's a, there's an. I, I had no problem beating like the first section of that game. There's an underwater level that's notorious for being one of the hardest fucking levels on the planet. And uh, why is it always water levels? Exactly. I mean, I, I'm, I know why. It's because water levels in general at that time was just awful. So this right here. Of it. So you have to navigate this underground labyrinth and dodge these shock things. And then you have to defuse like a certain amount of bombs. Plus it's timed. So that's already making it terrible. So even if you have all four turtles. Uh, oh, and then that electric stuff that kills you too instantly if you touch it. Hmm. These ones shock you and take you take damage. Those other ones are like tendrils, and they just grab you, and you die instantly. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, I th if I remember right. But it's it's also a maze. Like, it's non-linear. Oh, okay, that, that's awful. Yeah, so you basically have to swim around this giant underwater floaty mechanics non-linear maze, find all the bombs, and defuse them before time runs out, or you just die. And you mm -hmm. you lose. See, there's these weird angled swimmy sections you have to go through. And so I made a joke on my. In fact, I think I have. I think I made a a clip out of it. Let me see if I can pull it up. There was a section in uh, Ori where you had to swim through like some seaweed that hurt you or something. Oh, and, I hate those. Kind and of it mechanics. well, it was and it 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 was reminded me of the Ninja Turtles one. I'll see if I can find it real quick. A podcast within a podcast. <laughs> yeah, I, I found I dislike mechanics so much when it's like, you're going to take damage here. It's like, no, I don't want to. Like, it, it's nice when it's like at least an Easter egg. But when it's like, no, you are, you will take damage here or you will get killed here in order to advance the plot. It's like, why? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know where it is. I made it. I made a highlight of it, but I can't find it. But anyway, that was the only part of that game. The water sections, I was like, I could do without this. If you're like, it, it's usually an afterthought a lot of times. Like, they don't actually take the time to like think about the mechanics of the underwater stuff. It was okay, but I was like, it just felt unnecessary to be like, oh, and here's like, because there's only a couple of them in the game where it's like, oh, here's a water section. It's like, how do we ruin the pacing for this game? Exactly. That being said, a really cool Metroidvania that's entirely underwater, if you've never played it, it's $10. It's called Aquaria. This hmm. game, like, if any game wants to add water mechanics, just steal them from this game. Like, if you want to put a water section in your game, just steal the water mechanics from this and call it a day. Because this game was all under, it was an entire Metroidvania underwater. And you, like, have different, like, you can turn from a light to a dark mode. Uh, there's all these like abilities you unlock and bosses and stuff. It's a really, really cool game, hmm. but we'll see in the new one. It looks like there was some water stuff. That's the only thing I'm like, eh, I don't know, but the game's so damn beautiful. Yeah. Just artistically. It's a magical wonderland. 
and the and original. From, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, from what I've seen, it's like they just took all the existing mechanics and just improved upon it, like so yeah. much better. Yeah, I did the first time I played the original on the PC. I did. I I couldn't play it. I actually was like super frustrated because there was a bug in the game that would like flip flip my entire screen upside down. It was like the weirdest bug. Every couple minutes, my entire screen would just like invert. Yeah, that's like that's crazy. Like, what I've, type of thing would cause that? I have no idea. I've never seen a bug like that before. But uh, I bet you could Google it because I'm pretty sure I wasn't the only one. They eventually patched it, I believe. But it would it would just it ruined the game for me. I couldn't play it. Oh, this is the teaser. This isn't the gameplay one. Where's the gameplay one? That's what I want. Oh, gameplay trailer. I mean, the teaser is cool, but... Mm -hmm. Anybody can go watch that for yourselves. Just the movement, too, is so... well done. The animations. Yeah, the lighting effects, everything. Little owl daddy. This isn't. Where's my gameplay? Oh, there we go. It's got some like Donkey Kong cart levels. Yeah, the upside down cart. I, I just saw the donkey video today and he was like flipping out about the upside down cart. <laughs> yeah. You like directly called it like the Donkey Kong thing too. Yeah. Well, that was. Those levels were fun. I remember that from Donkey Kong Country. Mm hmm. They can get annoying because sometimes there's like that one section that you can't get past and you have to play it like seven times. But in general, well, they're just kind of yeah. Fun. When you just gotta when you just gotta learn like at what exact moment you need to jump, just like yeah. grab the last banana. Yep. So I guess you could make the same complaint with cart levels as they kind of mess up the pace, but sometimes it's a welcome change. Mm -hmm. When they're done well, it's it's a lot of fun. Water levels are just not fun a lot of the time. Right. The lighting is just so insane. Mm -hmm. Everything about it just works. Yep. So well together. So if 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 it's just a better Ori, it's going to kick ass. It's going to be successful. What about you? Uh, any games on your list that you're excited about? Xbox. Ooh, so many. I think the, I'm going to have to start with the one I was super hyped about, and then I was like, oh, man. And now I'm just like, it could be good, which is Fallout 76. Yeah, well, because of the whole – I know a lot of people were super upset about the whole always online thing. Uh-huh, because it's like if I wanted to play Rust, I would just play Rust. Right. But there's a lot of information coming out about it. Like, let's see. I remember I posted a, a link somewhere. Okay, that was the video. Where it was essentially talks about, like, what type of PvP, like, interaction there's going to be between players. But no one is quite sure how it's going to work. Because Todd Howard was saying, like, we want PvP to happen because drama between players is fun and interesting. But we don't want it to be griefing. But it's, like, it's people you're dealing with. Right. They'll grief like for the sake of griefing, like no matter what the disincentive is about it. That's just human nature. <laughs> yeah, 
but then everything about it i'm i'm really interested in it i, I tweeted about it when it was shown where i said it looks like they wanted to make a new ip but they were too scared to put it out there so they slapped fallout on it because right. i like everything about it it just seemed like they just slapped fallout on it because i was reading some of the new info and it the the thing i noticed was how when you nuke an area it adds new stuff like harder enemies new like loot and stuff because at the core of what i think it's going to be is basically something like rust where you're going around you're gathering materials you're building a base you're getting new weapons and stuff like that it's like an mmo light yeah our future so you're saying if they had released it without the Fallout title and just made it like a new IP that it might have a different uh, response? Yeah, I think it would have garnered a way different response. Yeah, just because people lot... just want like a better version of Fallout 3, right? They just want like Yeah. They want the next like New Vegas. Right. Cuz I know a lot of people were saying like oh, you're mad just because they're exploring a new genre. And it's like, no, it's because Fallout at its core is like this RPG. It's a different game. Yeah. Which, like, I, I'm cool that, like, they're experimenting with this, but it's like a lot of people, and me included, we were like, it's it's going to probably be a cool game like Fallout 4, but it's not going to be a good Fallout. Right. Mm. Let's see. What else was there? Let's see. Metro Exodus, that one's coming out next year, but I've been hyped about that since like last year. Want to see more stuff about that? Yeah, well, I mean, Last Light, I mean, the the so far they've been pretty consistent. Mm-hmm. They're they're good games, a lot of fun action with twists, and the they they have to do some unconventional things. Yeah, what I liked about Last Light was how the hard mode wasn't just oh enemies have more health they, and like they, they do more damage. It's like no. It's stuff like you don't have a HUD. Like if you're yeah. gonna navigate, you have to pull out your compass. Like when you swap out a mag, like you're gonna lose all the bullets that were left in there. So you have like bullet management stuff like that was really interesting. Yeah, the ranger mode. And then this one, it's like it's Metro, but more open world was what I think they were getting at, like larger open spaces and stuff. Yeah. By the way, this song. I'm pretty sure. Let me turn it up. Or out of fear. We will not falter. I'm pretty sure Let this song is from the. Uh, it's in the Snatch soundtrack from the movie Snatch. Let's move out, Artyom. Yep, it is. <laughs> yeah, this song is a. Uh, that's like one of my favorite movies of all time, so I recognize that song. I noticed that they're like some of the songs they've been using for a lot of these trailers this year have been really good. Like I posted that one in the Discord, uh, Zeal and Ardor, that they used. That's like a pretty abstract group, and I thought that was cool that they got they got used in a. Uh, yeah, when Mickey not gets knocked out, exactly when One Punch Mickey uh, knocks him out or whatever. So I don't know. I just I've I've noticed this year in particular a lot of the music they've been been using is appealed to me a lot. It's not all just fucking like dubstep and stuff. You know, like they're being a little taking a little more artistic freedom with the types of music that they put in these trailers and stuff. Because mm-hmm. in the past, I mean, some people did it. Like I know one of them that stands out to me. Like 
was Borderlands. Like they always had really fun, interesting songs in their trailers. And then like most of the other IP was just like wah 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 wah. Like there was a period there where everything was fucking EDM and dubstep. So I'm glad to see it come back around to a little bit more like ambient kind of more rock more just kind of i don't know they're taking more liberties with music i feel like and that's a good thing especially when like your entire gaming experience changes a lot depending on the music yeah if they this same exact trailer if it would have been like like it would have been like yeah you're just like what is happening yeah it would have been way too frantic like the the just the juxtaposition between like the laid back music and the severity of what's happening on screen, that's awesome because it's like this really like laid back song that kind of builds, mm-hmm. but you see all this crazy stuff happening. So I like that. I, I don't know. I think it's cool. It's probably why a lot of people buy the original soundtracks in a lot of games. Oh, yeah. Because when the game music is good, it's good enough to listen on its own. Oh, who was it? I, there was a trailer. Oh, no, it was a somebody took recently. It was an interesting one because it completely changed the experience. They took the music from Interstellar, the main theme from Interstellar, mm-hmm. and they put it over the tower scenes from uh, Game of Thrones. You know, the the uh, the time travel dream sequence tower scenes from Game of Thrones. I don't know if you watch Game of Thrones, but uh, no, no HBO. Uh and well, they're like really, really like plot central, important, like emotional scenes. Mm-hmm. And someone put the music of Interstellar on top of it, so you could probably look it up. I, I think it was on YouTube. Someone on Reddit posted it, and it completely like it was. It, I mean, the essence of what's happening is still there, but the the emotion of the scene was completely changed because of the the you know the building hype, like you know that that do 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 the Interstellar music is just like really perfect i don't know if it fit really well and it changed the way that scene felt entirely yeah and it's funny speaking of mickey the new kingdom hearts even though i don't follow the game at all nor yeah me neither (laughs) it's just weird watching that and being like okay there's elsa oh there's anna and now there's like who's this like what is happening here Again, going back to Dunkey, I think it's funny. He pointed out that like it's the cartoon character version of everyone except Jack. Like, yeah, except Johnny Captain, Depp. Captain Jack Sparrow is like the it's like the human version looking. Like even the humans in that game don't look like humans; they all look like cartoon characters. And, and then, then Captain Johnny Jack. Depp walks up. <laughs> and then Captain Jack Sparrow is like a hundred percent human in the game. Mm-hmm. It's oh, like, here's here's a Pirates the... of the Caribbean trailer actually. So yeah, you've got all these stylized characters. Like even the humans have like huge eyes and spiky hair and all this stuff. And then all the pirates are like hyper like realistic human-looking characters. Like look at this. <laughs> Why? Yeah. It's like you're in a you're in a, a game universe with goofy Donald Mickey with Disney characters, but they're like Pirates of the Caribbean. They all have to look realistic. They all have to look like their human counterparts. I mean, I guess the whole part of the game looks realistic, even the ships and stuff. But still, it just it feel it feels out of place compared to the whole rest of the game. Yeah, it feels like outside of the aesthetic that they were going for. Cause see, they got Sora like right here doing combat, but then it's like 
It feels out of place. Yeah. But I know there's a lot of people that were like super looking forward to this game. No, yeah, I I I played the first Kingdom Hearts like honestly exactly what happened. I played the first Kingdom Hearts when I was a kid when it came out and I got stuck on some level. I couldn't figure out where to go or what to do and I never played the game again. <laughs> Mm. I just was like, nah, I'm done. I think I rented it. I don't think I ever owned it. Mm. I don't remember, but I remember getting like super duper stuck somewhere and just being like, I, I had like so many other games to play that I was just like, this is cool. But I guess I wasn't, I wasn't that invested in the Square or Disney World at the time, so it didn't. I get. That's why a lot of people play these games is because of the content, right? Because the plot's yeah, all over story. the place. Like the 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 story is like super convoluted, like especially when you get into like the two point five HD remix and stuff. Like, yeah, I, I've like tried. I, to... I remember the marketing, and it was like three hundred sixty five divided by two, and I was like, "What?" I was like, "I have no idea what's going on." Like, it's, it's so. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> but, but then, to... if when you know the lore, you're like, it makes perfect sense because of this and that, and it's like, okay, yeah, the people who are in it into it, like, I guess it's awesome for them, but like it. They lost me like way back. Like I, I guess I, I just didn't keep following it, so I fell off the wagon. Yeah, like the video I saw by ProZD, like perfectly encapsulated what I thought watching that when it was released. Because he's just, because he's just like, oh, haha, they put Elsa in the game, but then a different person runs into the room, and he's like, Aqua got norded, and he's just like, <laughs> that's just sounds, that's not words. Yeah, I have no idea what that means. And then I, I finally found it later on Twitter. Someone put the explanation. They were like, because they put the lore, and they're like, okay, look, Aqua was the girl in these games. She sacrificed herself to save him, and norded is a shortened form of the bad guy's name, which means she got converted to the dark side. And I was like, that makes still no sense, but at least I somehow have a semblance of what is happening in that trailer. Yeah. So would that be like uh, Tifa being converted to uh, Sephiroth's team? <laughs> it's it's exactly that. <laughs> it's essentially she got converted to the dark side. I was like, yeah. you could have said that. But instead you said Aqua got norded, and I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> that's like funny. Like he said, that's just sounds. Yeah. Yeah, that, there's a whole nother uh, lingo for people who are like deep into that stuff, and I just don't have the time for it. <laughs> it's like that's cool. You guys have your fun. I'm not yeah, gonna. That's... I'm not gonna poo-poo your party, but like, I'm not probably not gonna play it. So yeah, that's one of those things where you go on YouTube and you're just like Kingdom Hearts lore, and then you find a 40 minute video, <laughs> and you're like, okay, I'm gonna sit then... through this and figure out what's going on. And then like the fanfic and like side theories and all that stuff too. You're just like, man, people go deep on a game about Disney characters. Yeah. <laughs> That's what's kind of like, I'm not trying to talk shit, but it's just like really impressive that like people have gotten so into that, that IP. Mm -hmm. And I can see why it's interesting, but it's just like the fact that the Disney characters are there throws me off so much. Yeah. I can't take it serious when, when Daffy shows, I mean Daffy, when Goofy shows up and he's just like, Gook, Sora. Well, and I wonder if the even the, I wonder if the creators even realized how deep, like how into those. I, I think when like when they made those games, they were like, "Oh, this will be a fun kind of like crossover game." And then like mm -hmm. people just like ate it up. And I, I, I wonder if they anticipated how how deep it was going to go with the fan base because like 
at first when it came out, I compared it to like Mario RPG, which was just like, mm-hmm. hey, it's a fun crossover between Square and Mario characters, and they, you know, and everyone really enjoyed it and whatnot. But like, it didn't garner the same diehard following. I mean, not a massive following. There's still people that complain that it's like they made Genos for this game and he's never shown up ever again. That's true. Genos was a cool character. I agree. I did like Mario Party. Or, sorry, uh, Mario RPG. Mm -hmm. But anyway, moving on. uh, I want to play this game because I want to take out my aggression by eating people. Oh, you play as a shark. Yeah. Have you seen this trailer? No, I was reading the description. I was like, you were cut from your... What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. From your mother's body and left to die. Wait a minute. So you should unmute the stream if you've got it up and you should watch this trailer. Or just watch it yourself while I have it up. Where the sun is bright and the beaches are white. A place filled with southern charm. Where the water is as warm as the welcome. So come feel the wind in your sails. Kick back and relax. Enjoy the local cuisine. Your dream vacation is waiting for you here on the Gulf Coast. Go to maneatergame.com now to book your vacation. Operators are standing by. So, yeah, I want to jump out of the water and <laughs> eat some fools. <laughs> bite, yeah, some, bite off some faces. very interesting. I mean, if, if the what's going to determine whether or not I buy this will be the price tag. Because, like, yeah. if, if it's not, if it's not going to have some depth or replayability, but it's got, like, just you know, 15 different levels with environments where you get to play through them. I mean, Mm. I'll, I'll drop like, I'll drop like 15, 20 bucks for this, but we'll have to see how deep the game is. If they try and put a big price tag on it, it probably, probably wait till it's on sale or something, but it's a fun concept. I don't know. Yeah. I've always liked those games where it's like, you're going to eat stuff and get bigger and stronger. Cause that just like, it, it fulfills like a primal need of yeah. like I want to get stronger like super fast without a lot of effort. Well, and I do like that there's different environments. Like there was, you know, there was one part where there was eating like an alligator or a crocodile, you know, and then there's like there's screenshots here with whales and like different environments and swamps and uh and you're not only dealing with humans, you're dealing with other underwater animals. So I mean, there's a lot they could do with it. Mm-hmm. And it says it's an RPG, so I'm guessing you either single-player action RPG. So I'm wondering if it's RPG, I wonder if there will be some type of progression as far as, like, maybe at the beginning you're too small to, like, eat people or something. And you have to, like yeah. – so it, it 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 definitely has potential. So that one's a wait and see for me based on the price tag most likely. I'll pick it up if, if, if they uh, don't try and ask, like – if it's under, I would say if it's under twenty five, I'd probably buy it. If it's like thirty bucks, probably wait for it to go on sale. If it's anything, yeah. if it's anything over that, I'll probably just say nah. <laughs> yeah, like especially with the Steam sale coming up, I'm probably gonna stock up on some games that people have been saying are worth a shot, and I'll be playing those for like the next few months. Yeah, and then the last one for me, uh. I mean, I could talk about Fist of the North Star, but this one right here, 
is probably my friend Pedro. Have you seen this? I think I have. I, I saw this live during the E3 thing and I almost shit my pants just because it was so, it's so fun to watch. And if it's half as fun to play as it is to watch, uh, I am, I am super duper excited. What were you going to say? I was going to say, I saw it purely because of the donkey video because I didn't watch the Devolver conference. I missed it. Yeah. But, when I saw the the part where he threw where he throws the pan into the air and bounces the bullets off of it, I remembered a video I saw with that exact same mechanic, and I was like, "Is this the game that turned into?" Yeah, um, maybe. I so speaking of which, that reminded me. Uh, sidebar, mm-hmm. like I gotta say, Devolver, we get it, like. It was funny last year. I it, it just felt really kind of worn out. Like they tried yeah. to do the whole like shocking like thing again and like calling out their audience for being like I don't know the, the whole like self-aware breaking the fourth wall kind of like making fun of the conference and I, I like I and just like the hyper violence, like it was, it was funny last year, and I, I don't know, it just, it, 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 it I didn't like it. Yeah, I think it worked out really well for them last year because overall it felt more corporate. A lot of people were just like in suits and showing off the games, and then this girl's on stage bleeding from the nose, talking about video games and gamers, and you're like, yeah. what is happening? Yeah, this time it was just too much, and I it was just I felt like it was trying too hard. Yeah, like you did it once; it, it's not gonna capture that same magic. Like you're just you're just trying to be edgy. Like you're not actually being edgy. You're just, if anything, you're just being annoying. Yeah, like the only part I saw was where the guy in the audience was like, it's pronounced GIF because it's an acronym. And the guy that made the acronym decides what it is. And he said it's GIF for some reason. Right. And then she like kills the guy. And I was like, right. what? What does that have to do with video games? Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. It's like it's like that kid you knew in school who like did something funny once and everyone laughed. And so then he just keeps doing it every day. Like, and oh yeah, <laughs> it's just like, it's not funny anymore, dude. Like, like we get it. You peaked. Calm down. <laughs> I don't know. I it it just didn't do it for me this year. So, mm-hmm. but that being said, some of their some of their game stuff was exciting, and this was one of them. My friend Pedro, I am excited about this. I love Devolver's titles. I think mm-hmm. they just need to chill out on the PR stuff and not try and be so fucking edgy all the time. Yeah, I think they were like, oh, we're 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 that uh, publisher now, so we're right. gonna act like that. And it's like, no, please don't. Yeah, just keep so, finding good indie titles to push. So, have indie. you watched this whole trailer? I haven't. I've only yeah, seen dude. the parts from the the donkey video. Hey, hey, Peter! This this content's got a copyright on it. So yeah, it, like in that part where he's on a skateboard, it might be easier to do it that way. Well, I'm wondering. I noticed whenever it, it whenever he does spread his hands out in each direction, they're at the same angle. So I'm wondering if there's maybe a modifier where like maybe you hold right trigger, maybe like the right, the right analog stick controls both guns 
And then if you it, like, they usually just shoot the same direction at the same angle. But I'm wondering if like you hold right trigger, they go out in both directions and then mm. the right stick just controls the angle. Yeah. Cause it especially looks like, the, it looks like when they're spread out, they're always at the same angle. Like, yeah, any, like right there, they, there's uh, a good they, example. Especially since they clearly designed the levels with that in mind. So for the most part, it's not going to be difficult to shoot at two enemies like that. Right. I is in the whole trailer. I, I don't think there's anywhere where the guns, when he has them pointing in opposite directions. See, even right there, he's flipping, but both guns are pointed down at like a forty-five degree angle. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing that's probably how they do it. It's probably one analog stick, and then you can choose if you want them to shoot in the same direction or at. Uh, cross directions. Oh, well, maybe not. Right there, one's pointing up and one's pointing down. Oh yeah, you're right. So, hmm. uh, guess we'll know. find out when it's up. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Interesting. But yeah, that one looks just like stupid fun. Just for I don't know. And yeah. it, and it does it does have bullet time as a tag. Which yeah, it has that slowdown. I wonder how the if you'll have control of that mechanic, or if it's like some games where like as soon as you enter into combat, it slows down, or when you start shooting, it slows down. Yeah, like when you jump, it starts the bullet time stuff like that. Oh, that's funny. Did you see that? I thought this was text. It must be a picture. Oh, this bottom yeah, the banana. The bottom one's a picture, but they made it. They tried to make it match the text so that it. Come out yeah, again. Where'd it you go, slightly Banana doesn't Man? fit because of the resolution, but yeah, it's a little blurry. Scrolling through. Well, no, I think that's because I have it. I, I manually zoomed in the page. I bet if I set it to the default, yeah, you can't tell at default res. Oh right. Yeah. So I, I have it zoomed in so the the text doesn't lose fidelity, but the image does. Yeah, and then the banana just peers through. <laughs> I don't. I I want to know how the banana fits into the whole. Blood yeah, like, bullets bananas. Like there's no I didn't see a banana in the actual uh trailer. Yeah, it just said sentient banana. Yeah. It's like why? What does it mean for the story? <laughs> maybe maybe uh they captured the sentient banana and you have to Is the banana Pedro? Is that it? Uh maybe. <laughs> he is the end boss. Lies. <laughs> it says he's a friend. Yeah, Room temperature friend, juice box, by the way. It has been a while. Thanks for stopping by. Uh, I started doing a uh, podcast on Wednesday nights. Uh, sorry you showed up probably when we're getting close to ending. We were just talking about some E3 stuff we're excited about, but uh, he is the enemy. I don't know. It says friend. So anything else? Anything? I, I'm trying to think if there was anything else that I was particularly excited about. I mean, I don't know about you. But Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. See, I'm not Probably. a Smash guy. Oh, see, I'm not that big of a Smash guy either. But whenever me and my friends get together, the one game we could all play on equal footing yeah. was Smash. Because you turn on those items, it doesn't matter how good Henry is. <laughs> That's true. It's it's balanced. Yeah. I, uh, I have a friend and co-worker... Who is one of those guys who is a die-hard melee player? He only plays melee, and he plays in tournaments and all this stuff. And he says it's like 
Melee is like the only Smash worth playing because they have like Z cancels and shit. Wave like, dashing. Yeah, like all they and so uh, <laughs> so I asked. All right, we watched the trailer. We we had it, you know, up at work. We were kind of watching E3 because you know we're software developers, so we watch a lot of the tech stuff going on while we're working. And uh, we were all watching like some of the E3 stuff at work, and uh, I was asking him about it, and he's just like, "No, I'm probably not gonna play it." I'm just like. <laughs> So, I don't know. Uh, yeah, uh, an opinion I saw of it was like if they, because they redid a lot of the mechanics in it to allow for more like, like aerial stuff and type st- stuff like that. Right. And it was something like if they changed like the aerial stuff to more like this, I would definitely see some people switch from melee, just because it's more upgraded and has many of the same features. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, first of all, I don't own a Switch yet. Yeah, so. me neither. But, but uh, that's, that is why it was like the premier game we all played. Because my one friend had the Wii U with like a bunch of controllers. So it was just, he just has to bring it and that's good for eight people. Yeah. But yeah, I, I actually want to have that friend uh, slash coworker on uh, uh, the podcast. I think it because it's it's fun. He, he like gets all hyped about it and likes to talk about it and explain like why melee is the best. <laughs> I think it'd be fun to have him on um, because he has opinions about other things too. But one of them is melee, and he's been like he's actually been training to get better and like trying. He's like trying to get win some of the local uh, melee tournaments and stuff. So. Because I think the the biggest thing I, I I know people freaked out over was the Ridley reveal, and people lost their minds. Oh yeah, I know. I I was in the uh, I was in the Twitch channel, the E3 coverage Twitch channel when they when they showed it, and it was just like the chat was just like just Ridley Ridley. Oh my god! Oh my god! Just and just the way they like revealed him too, because it's like he snatches Mega Man pierces through his chest he crushes mario's skull and it's like ridley joins the fight and you're just like what but i will say i i think it also kind of suffers from the same problem that we just talked about with the whole captain jack in the in the cartoon universe yeah like ridley's such a badass like rough around the edges kind of character they're like he almost feels out of place because all the other characters are very like cartoony and stylized and stuff. Even Bowser is like fluffy looking, you know. So yeah, then, it's like they, 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 we're used to Samus like in that aesthetic, but then it's like Ridley, who just looks like he's he's fine in the in the Metroid games, but then you put him in a Smash and he feels like out of place, like he looks too realistic. Yeah, exactly. He seems a little too brutal. I think is the word that I would use compared to the rest of the characters. Mm-hmm. Browser described as fluffy. He is though. Like, look at how look at his character model. Everything's kind of like rounded and like very colorful and stylized and stuff. Like compared to some other depictions of Bowser. I mean, there are a f- few other characters that do have that kind of brutal aesthetic. Like, you, I guess you could say, you know, Ganondorf has mm-hmm. a more realistic kind of, uh, especially his like demon form or whatever. But. Mm-hmm. But still, I don't know. It Ridley just felt a little bit out of place. Yeah. And that is something that... Maybe they did it on purpose, though. I don't... Oh, yeah, possibly. 
what I liked also was they redid a lot of the Smash, like the final Smashes, so that they were all like high impact, high action. Because something I didn't like with the the one Super Smash Brothers Brawl and the one for the Wii U was how some of the the Smashes was just like really underwhelming. Where it's like, oh, I have to control my character, but they the other people can still dodge it. Like even though I'm like this big vortex of like electricity. Yeah. But then other ones where it's like you transform. But then your their opponents can still like block and then get away. It doesn't feel like a whole lot. Whereas a lot of these ones, they were just like big effect if you land it and then you like knock them out. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, we'll see. I I'm sure I'm sure all my friends that have switches will probably get Smash. If I get a switch, I'll we'll see. But if I get a switch, it's gonna probably be for uh, for other things. I'm more of a Mario, Zelda, Stardew Valley. Oh, I'm, uh, I already have that on PC. Why would I get that on? <laughs> now you can play it on a plane. That's true, I guess. Uh, but a lot of people hate me because I've never really been into a lot of those types of games. I find it's relaxing, but then it's like, do I really want to just farm? This feels like a chore. <laughs> That's my that's my biggest beef with a lot of simulators is there's always a point we and we had this conversation before there's always a point in my mind where it clicks and I say oh this is work and I just don't want to play anymore you know whether it's a farming simulator or the sims or you know whatever it is like there's there's a point where I'm like okay now I'm stressing about this and it's no longer fun and I'm working mm-hmm. yeah cuz I know I was playing it recently and it's like my whole day is watering these plants because yep. <laughs> I don't have enough sprinklers. But if I go to get the ore to make more sprinklers, I won't have the income. Yeah. A lot of games make you feel that way. Yeah, but I mean, I'm, I'm just saying, like, to me personally, some people like some types of work more than others. Like, I, I have no problem grinding out a, uh, a roguelike. I'll play like hundreds of hours of, you know, grinding out Wizard of Legend. And to some people that feels like work, but to me that feels like it progress. It feels different because I'm actually honing like my, my skills. Like, yeah, you're, you're also farming items, but you're also getting mechanically better at the game. Whereas like Stardew Valley, there other than like the little dungeon that you you go into, there it, you're, there's no like mechanical challenge to it. It's more just time management. Yeah, and then it's like I can't get any faster at watering these plants. <laughs> yeah, you can't it's really. Like, it's you like can't you can optimize. Up, you, there's you only can so up, much you can do. You can upgrade the water pail, but now that's three days. I'm not watering my plants. Now they're gonna die. I'm gonna lose money. But I, I see why it's appealing. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I can see, like, because at the end, like, when all your farms are lined up and your systems are working and all that stuff, like, I'm I'm sure it's extremely gratifying. Like, I'll watch other people play it, and it's fun to watch, and it's gratifying and rewarding to see them make that progress. But for me personally, it just doesn't appeal to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, what's the other one that I watch people play all the time? And it just seems like work to me. The one with the gears in the title, or the, the the logo has like a gear in it. I can't remember the name of it. Oh, Factorio? Factorio! 
multiple people are like, dude, you need to play this game. Dude, you need to buy this game. And I watch people play. I've watched people stream it. And I'm just like, this looks like nothing but work. Because it's just like, oh, shit, I forgot to do this. And now, like, I have to rebuild this over here. And then, like, okay, now that I can do this, now I can do all these other things. And it just, like, it just scales more and more and more. And it's just like, but what's the point? Like, I, I don't, like. I mean, I, I can say from experience, when you finish a playthrough, it's the most satisfying thing. Because okay. you're like, look at all of this garbage. <laughs> and it's worked. <laughs> I guess. And, and there's also the, the issue I did have with it where once you got access to drones, the game felt really easy. Because oh. now you just got the drones like doing everything for you. Yeah. Because you could basically set up your entire factory to where a drone would basically move all the items. So it's like all of the monotony of having like a drone put stuff on belt and that completely goes away. Okay. But then I see people speedrun that game in like 20 minutes and I'm like, all right. <laughs> this took me 20 hours damn it <laughs> yeah i remember someone asked me about it and they're like oh is that any good and i was like my first and last playthrough took 22 hours wow because a lot of it is problem solving because when you do get good at it you know like i need to build three of these to match the output of this so i can do that and like be super efficient and i and people enjoy that Yeah, I don't know. I'll probably get a Switch eventually. I have a I have a Wii U that I you know, so I I do have my Nintendo itch is being uh, scratched at the moment because I still have games I haven't finished on my Wii U, and I do have the Zelda one, the Wii U version of the Zelda one. So I have had a chance to play that, <clears throat> but I don't know. We'll see. Now, last thing before we close, two games that they didn't talk about at E3 directly that they didn't like super plug or anything. Um, Red Dead Redemption 2. I'm super excited about. Probably one of my favorite games of all time. Did they talk about Red Dead at E3 at all? I don't remember. And the graphic I was looking at to like see what games came out, it did come up. I don't so remember seeing it during the actual E3. conference, yeah. But uh, I that game will probably... None of these other games matter. Everything we talked about is a moot point as soon as Red Dead 2 comes out because that's probably all I'm going to play for a while. Uh, I'm super excited about that game. I, I played the shit out of the first one. That's the one game, if they ever made like a really good VR version of Red Dead, I might, I might just starve to death. I might actually just stop my real life and just live in red dead land because mm. <laughs> like i something about that universe that they created in that first game just really really appealed to me it felt amazing to play yeah it was a fun game i remember playing it when it came out on like the playstation 3 and i was like this is what it means to be a cowboy in the wild west it, it felt it had that feel because like you can just like like slowly trot your horse into like the middle of nowhere and just like every once in a while you get that twang on the guitar and it's like and then you hear the train coming off in the distance and like you go too far from the city and a bobcat tries to eat your ass like I don't know it just had all of the correct pieces to make it feel like the wild west and make it just like ah I don't know yeah if there was if they if they ever make a VR version of Red Dead that'll that'll probably set me back a few years 
And the only other one that has not been mentioned by anyone that I am most excited about, and I'm going to keep talking about this game until it comes out. And if it sucks, I'm going to be really upset about it. And I, I wonder if they showcased it at all at E3. It's a game called Chasm. It was a kickstarted game that Sony ended up, I think, either buying the studio or funding the studio. And I want this game so bad. Uh, I think it's finally coming out this year. And I was hoping they I'd to hear something at E3 about it. But it's a uh, it's a Metroidvania uh, roguelike. So Roguevania or whatever they're calling them. <clears throat> but it has some interesting uh, things to set it apart from the others. I love the animation style. I love some of the mechanics that I see happening in, in what little gameplay footage I've seen of it so far. But it says summer 2018. Hmm. So, so I'm uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited. The last update they had was on April 2nd, and they said Chasm is coming. Animation of this looks good. Dude, the animation looks amazing. Uh, they've put a lot of time and effort into it, and uh, they've done a lot. The one thing that I'm really excited about is they didn't kickstart it. They didn't do but they have done a ton of internal playtesting. And they've they they they've been very active in, like, all of their posts about the development process and, tw- like, changes they've made after the, like, rounds of playtesting and tweaks and, you know, boss fixes and, you know, oh, we had to change this because we found people were getting stuck at this phase or, like, the balance was off. Like, they've been very transparent about a lot of that stuff, which excites me because the fact that they're actually paying attention to a lot of that stuff and doing internal testing rather than just releasing a half-made game in early access and then, you know, just... I don't know. I there I think they're taking the right approach. I think when it comes out it's going to be a very solid game. Mm-hmm. So and when a, you do have that direct feedback it works out way better than like early access. Absolutely. Cuz there's people that will be like, "Oh, there was an issue here." But it's nowhere as near as fast or as useful when you have like someone in their same studio telling you. Right. So that's that's the last one that I'm I'm going to put out there. You guys should definitely add it to your wish list. Keep an eye on it. I will be playing it for sure uh when it comes out on pc it's on the top of my list to play luckily i have wizard of legend holding me over till till then i've been grinding that out i finally beat my first run last night oh i saw the clip yeah i made a highlight of it i I was very proud of myself i still have yet to beat a run it's challenging that's i mean but i feel like the progress is steady like I feel like I get you know I get a little further I get a little better I learn the enemy's attacks a little more each time, it's it's not unfair but it is hard. Yeah, the only part that's getting me is like I keep seeing items and I'm like, what does this do? And then I buy it and I was like, that was a waste of money. <laughs> that's that you just described every roguelite ever. Yeah, Th- there is a wiki. Some people prefer to use the wikis. Um, I don't. I love to memorize the items. I've I played Binding of Isaac so much without the wiki that I pretty much know all of the items. I can recognize whether or not I want to pick something up. And to each his own. For some people, that is part of the appeal of roguelites. Is yeah, like the learning process, the learning curve. Because the, the same thing is true of uh, what's the other one you mentioned? The side-scrolling multiplayer one. Oh, risk of rain. Risk of rain. That same thing. Like you know, you run into all these crazy items, and you're like, I, "Do I want this? What does this do? Should I buy that one or this one?" Yeah, because I remembered I picked up an item, and it was like, "You can no longer gain charge for your thing, 
but you get like more of this. And I was like, oh, nice. And then I bought an item and it said the exact opposite. And I was like, <laughs> oh, well, those canceled out. <laughs> well, that was a waste. But it's often a pleasant surprise. Like the run I won last night was because I bought a cursed item that took half my max health away. But every time I killed an enemy, it increased my max health after that. So like it if you if you get it early enough, uh you can actually end up with more health by the end of the game, but you have to survive long enough, right? Yeah, because I got one similar where it was like you lose half your HP, but now you get more money. But I was yeah. like, oh. Nice. So I I got that one. It's called the Crocodile Heart, where you lose half your max HP, but you gain a slight amount of max HP back every time you kill an enemy. And then I also got the Carrot Cake, which increases your max HP every time you take damage. So I and and I got both of those in the same run. By the end of the run, I had like 840 max HP. I couldn't even fill it up though. Like I, even though I was trying to heal as much as possible, I think by the time I got to the last area, I had like four or five hundred. I couldn't even fill my health bar all the way because my my max HP had gone up so much. But like I picked both of those items up pretty blindly, and it just happened to work out. So you know you have those fun moments where things like that happen. And that's that's part of the reason I love the genre is because it's always different. It, the replayability is infinite. Like you can still play. Even after a thousand hours of Binding of Isaac, you can play a run and have a unique experience. So, and then you can see how Northern Lion is able to capitalize and make tons of money off of it. Oh yeah, no, I mean, that's a Cobalt Streak. Like he pretty much plays Binding of Isaac like ninety-eight percent of the time. Sometimes he'll play something else. But he can keep playing that one game over and over because he's the Binding of Isaac streamer and the game is infinitely changing. So he can he can just play that game. <laughs> you know, like you can't do that with a lot of games. You can't just like play uh Sleeping Dogs or, or what's the other one? Uh yeah, Sleeping Dogs over and over and over again cuz eventually you'll memorize the game and it won't be fun to watch anymore. Like it'll just get boring. But Roguelites solved that problem. Which wasn't there a major studio that announced that the next game was going to be uh Roguelite? No idea. I don't, it was I don't it was one of the E3 titles. It was a big one too. It like takes place on the moon and it's gonna have roguelite elements. Oh, the new prey deal. Prey, yeah. yeah. So I mean, there you go. The AAA, or the bigger, the bigger studios are starting to uh, see. Just like you know, with battle royale, I think you're gonna see more roguelite elements making it their way to some of these bigger titles. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised. Like similar to how a lot of like FPS games started adding RPG elements with like with leveling up and getting perks and like yeah. stats and stuff like that yep all right james we did it it was a good podcast and we had very few uh i think i had few like pre-planned topics this time than oh yeah usually. definitely we had like three so stretch them out bring in new stuff on the fly it's easy so i'm gonna make uh the same plug that i've made the last few weeks this podcast is something I'm really trying to uh, take seriously and uh, do every week and get guests, get topics, get questions, find interesting things. And it's I, I don't want it to just be a game-related thing. I really want to start branching out and talking about other things, other industries. Uh, you know, 
politics maybe a little bit like the whole California thing we talked about today, but if anyone out there is interested in being a part of what we're doing here, please reach out to me. Um, if you want to be a guest, if you know someone that would be a good guest, if you've got interesting topics, we have a channel in the discord called podcast topics. So hit me up in there or DM me or anything. Uh, we would, we would love to continue to make this podcast interesting for you guys. And, uh, you know, being the content creator, it's hard for James and I every week to always have something new to talk about. So we would love some feedback. We'd love some ideas. We'd love to hear what you guys think of what we're doing here and ways we can improve it. And, you know, guests, like I said, whatever, whatever I want to, I want to really try and make this a thing. And once I, uh, I've been telling James this, once I have about maybe 10 to 20 episodes, I'm going to look at syndicating it. Um, on some other platforms, possibly YouTube, SoundCloud, some of the RSS feeds that are out there for actual like audio podcasts, so you can download it on your phone or whatever. Uh, I, this is going to be an actual podcast, so this is only the beginning. And I appreciate those of you who have been here supporting me through this, and uh, I'm excited to see where it goes. So, on that note, James, uh, anything you wanna you wanna say or plug or or I guess we can leave off with anime weeb fighting game. It's probably going to be great, but I have nothing else that I know about that. What is it going to be called? I think it's like Jump Impact or something. Yeah, isn't it kind of like a... Um, it's like a Smash, but with all the different anime characters, right? Yes. And everyone I keep talking to about it, I bring up, well, it's ruined because they put Goku in it, so the power level's broken. <laughs> I, I mean, it's a cool idea. There's definitely a market for it. Uh, there's there's a lot of weebs out there who would uh, who would play it just because it's anime. Whether or not they even like fighting games, I think there's a lot of people out there who would who would probably enjoy it. Cool. Yeah. No, I forgot about that one. That'll be uh, it'll be really interesting if they if they do it right. It'll be it'll be interesting to see which approach they take mechanics wise. Will they appeal to like the more casual like Smash Bro type uh, audience, or are they going to go more like the DBZ hyper, you know, Street Fighter audience? I don't know. So, good point. Yeah, maybe we'll yeah. We'll, we'll keep an eye on that one. But thank you guys. Uh, we'll be back next week. Wednesday at 6 p.m. Pacific time for another podcast. And again, I'm I'm I have I've got a lot of guests lined up. It's just been a crazy month. But I'm gonna start creating a calendar so you guys can know ahead of time who's gonna be on when. I'm hoping to get Sammy and Tustar in here during this month while they're doing their special event, but I'll keep you guys posted. So make sure you're in the Discord uh so you can uh be aware of those updates. And I hope you guys have a good night. And see you tomorrow for Thirsty Thursdays. Oh, actually. Right here. Bad, bad news. <gasps> Thirsty Thursdays canceled. <gasps> I know. I'm sorry. Way to end on a sad My heart. note. My heart, um, Jimmy. No, yeah, that's why I didn't plug it. I'm actually going to be hanging out with Mashif tomorrow night. There's a there's a company, uh, company picnic that uh so lady navio and mashif both work for the same company i mean this is the last week she's going to work there she's officially going to no longer work there anymore but so this is her last company picnic 
Uh, so I wanted to go and show my support, hang out with Mashif. Uh, she, she can say her farewells to all her coworkers and stuff. So I'm going to be there tomorrow night. I'm going to be an hour and a half away from my home at a company picnic, hanging out with a bunch of car sales nerds and, and Mashif, which he's also a car sales nerd. So I guess he fits into that description, but there'll be delicious food and good times. Maybe we'll post some pictures in the IRL channel. Uh, Maybe we'll uh, live stream for like five minutes until our significant others get mad at us and tell us to put our phones away. The IRL company picnic. (laughs) But yeah, no Thirsty Thursday tomorrow, guys. Sorry about that. Um, We'll be back next week, though. And uh, maybe I'll try and sneak a ninja stream in on the weekend in the evening or something to make up for it. But uh, I will not be on tomorrow. But next week, podcast here, Wednesday, 6 p.m., if not, uh, I do. I am organizing these podcasts in a uh, collection on my video page. In fact, I'm going to pull it up so you guys can see. A lot of people don't know that with the collections, uh, it's kind of cool. I set it up this way on purpose because I wanted people to be able to do this. It tracks the ones that you've played and haven't played. And it also lets you play them as a collection. So if you come up here uh, when it loads, if you hit play all... It'll actually start from the very beginning of the very first episode or wherever you left off and it'll play, it'll just play through all the podcasts. And then if you hover over this guy, it actually brings up this nice menu with all the podcast episodes numbered and named and screenshotted and everything right there. So like if if anyone wants to go back and just dive into the podcasts, uh they're they're nice and organized there for you on the videos page. But keep an eye out at, like I said once we have 10 20 episodes, we're going to start uh syndicating them somewhere, probably on a few different platforms. But for now, you can find them there on the podcast collection on my video page. So, have a good night everyone. Maybe we'll find someone to uh to raid or host. Go, yeah, maybe uh, one of the download guys. Oh, are they on? I, yeah, we'll I hosted uh, It's a Mobius Life the other day. He's a great. Uh, I, his artwork is is fantastic. Oh yeah, was, so plug for. Oh, <laughs> well, I, I hosted him. He's like, oh, thanks for the host, man. Like it was pretty big, like fifteen viewers, and he was like talking about what he was doing. And he's like, wait a minute, do I know you from somewhere? And then like we were talking, and he was like. Wait, you're James from Jimmy's podcast. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yes, that, that's who I am. You're famous now. That reminds me, uh, just a little plug out to the uh, the DLC team. Uh, I am a member of Team DLC. Everyone on Team DLC, they're all quality folks. They're nice people. They're super entertaining. Uh, they're a little lewd sometimes. DLC does stand for downloadable content. Uh, go check out the team page. Say hi to someone else on there. Maybe we'll see if any of them are on, and we'll give them a little host right now. So DLC, check them out. The uh, DLC wouldn't be possible without Battle Athlete. He is the partnered streamer that makes all this possible uh, to be on that team. And without DLC, I wouldn't have Zoom to use for this podcast either. Uh, one of our DLC members, Nero, actually paid for a year license of Zoom so that we could use it for all of our... Uh, D&D quests and podcasts and things of that nature. So big ups to DLC. None of this would be possible without them. And on that note, we're going to say goodnight. So we'll talk to you guys next Wednesday. Yep. See you later.